to the What You Been Watching podcast. I'm your host, the always ready and always prepared for everything on time, marvelous Mike Dudley, joined as always by my co-host, cohort, and younger brother, MD3, Marcus Dudley, checking in on you. What is going on out there in podcast land? Thank you for being with us this evening, wherever you happen to be. Uh, we are broadcasting live from the What You've Been Watching studios here in Tallahassee, Florida, right in the shadows of Doak Campbell Stadium near the FAMU campus and all that other stuff. Uh, what is it, Bragg Memorial? Sorry, I forgot. But yeah, Michael, you're known for your punctuality. That's that's why I was laughing in the background. Yeah, the punk, the very punctual, That's right. marvelous Mike D, <laughs> of course. Anyways, what's been up, my brother? How you been, man? Good, good, good. Working hard. We're finally starting to go into the slow season at work, so a lot of free time, getting a lot of cleaning projects done. It's looking good. Dude, I love a cleaning project at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. I take them on if the if the exchange is like, you don't bother me with tickets while I do this. I that. will clean all fucking, unless you absolutely have to. That but like, part, right. I love it. Like, yeah. I have a hard time initializing the small projects, but if you give me like prep work or something like that to get done like i'm gonna get that done oh so happily just leave me alone let me make queso oh i'm i'm happy i just love like i had to build shelves one time when i was working at a gas station because they got a new beer inventory Mm. and i just stayed in the cooler like all day and just (laughs) built shelves and stuff i loved it i was just like yep leave me alone i'll be making shelves and rearranging beer so i i really enjoyed it so I wish I could apply that to my own living situation. Yeah, dude. They pay you to do it there. That's the difference. Fuck, you think I got initiative here at the house? I'm, just... I'm off the clock. Exactly, exactly. No, I'm glad to hear it, though. Glad you made it out of the, the busy season alive. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. Another wanna... one under the belt. Yeah, yeah, another one. Oh, yeah. Um, before we get any further in the podcast... Let us go ahead and do our shameless promotions, our plug, plug, plugs, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can always find us at Whatcha Been Watching Podcast at gmail.com. Please reach out with all of your romantic queries. Uh, where else can they find us, my brother? They can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dudley Bros Podcast. Or you can just search the web for Whatcha Been Watching and look for the colorful banner done by the illustrious MK Dudley Art. That's right. A uh, big shout out to Kesta, always bright for our intro music. We try always. to try to get these uh, try to get these uh, plugs out the way before we forget. Right. We want right. to pay our dues. Our peoples is the legions. Peoples. That's right. That's right. So thank you to all those. Please, but uh, seriously, do write us. Uh, Michael and I would love to hear some feedback. And those bingo cards, roll them in. The offer still stands. <laughs> you will get a dope five dollar movie of our selection, and we will make sure that it is awesome. Uh, whether it be a $5 Blu-ray, $5 DVD, or you might just get some $5 VHS, something. Uh, yeah, just fill in your bingo cards. Either way, it's going to be rad. It's going to be rad, trust me. We'll, we'll both make sure that it passes the seal of what That's you've right. been watching approval. So, And also, before we forget, heal up, Jeremy Renner. We see the statue of you over there still protected in foil. <laughs> heal up. We're rooting for you. Uh, anyways, the reason why everybody tunes in is not to hear our senseless banter, Michael. It's not to hear us gripe about work. In busy seasons or slow seasons, the reason why people tune in, Michael, this is, ain't what you've been working. This ain't how you've been working. <laughs> what bills you've been paying, <laughs> which is a subsidiary of <laughs> what you've been watching industries. <laughs> what would be our banner view? What you've been watching? I guess just Dudley Bros podcast, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Dudley Bros Productions worldwide. LLC, right, right. <laughs> Prestige worldwide. Um, 
But no, the million dollar question, why everyone does tune in, they need to know, Michael. Without further ado, what you been watching, my brother? What's been going on? Been kind of slacking on the uh, on the movie front a little bit. Been honestly just listening to it, catching up on a lot of podcasts and stuff like that. Did get two under my belt this week. Oh yes, uh, yes sir, yes sir. Uh, revisited the old classic, the uh, John C. Riley movie auto movie uh, uh, autobiography autobiograph- autobiographical take three biopic biopic yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, the musical uh, Walk Hard. Uh you already know if you've listened to this show at all that that movie is in like the pantheon of our like yeah. top tier like ladies man the past Tropic it's Thunder just, it's lots Clarks of, of it all it's lots of like fun silly stupid characters and it's very quotable it's just one stupid saying right after the other and it's all sophomoric dumb humor but it all works it's so smart though it's, yeah it's yeah, so yeah, yeah. smart because it knows it's, exactly it's literally, what it is it's literally every like Every tortured artist biopic you've ever seen. It's it's Walk the Line meets The Doors meets uh, what the, the Ray Charles Ray Charles yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's all of them rolling on. Dewey Cox is he's a every man you know and he's no one all at once you know what yeah. I mean. He he represents everybody and especially in the music industry. Um, no, I love that movie. We could talk about that movie anytime on any podcast. And it's, it's fun because... Even if you haven't watched it, you'd be like, hey, you know what I've been thinking about? Walk Hard will be like, yeah, what's yep. your favorite joke? <laughs> tell Walk Hard jokes for That's 45 right. minutes to an hour. And they'd be like, well, Kesta, the uh, find us on what you've been watching podcast. That's not a common route. So, um, no, seriously, what are some of your favorite jokes? Walk Hard, talk to me about it. I love the recurring gag of... Um, Tim Meadows is the drummer, and uh, every time that they start challenging Dewey about something, he's always like, and you never paid for drugs. Not, not once. Not even once. He's like, you slept with my wife. Shit, you slept with me. I've had very confused feelings about that my whole life. He's, he's like, and you never paid for drugs. My other favorite joke is, and it's kind of, it's a stupid throwaway joke, but... Basically, long story short, Dewey Cox accidentally may or may not have cut his older brother in half with a machete when they were younger. And let's be very clear. There is nothing wrong with a little machete fighting. Nothing wrong with a little machete fighting. Nothing. Uh, But his dad always blamed Dewey for it. (laughs) And so he's constantly telling Dewey that the wrong kid died. (laughs) And my favorite joke is, like, Dewey tries to reunite with his dad after, like, 30 years or something like that. And he's walking up to the family farm and he sees his dad just pitching hay into the barn, just singing to himself, the wrong kid died, the wrong kid died. Just the fact that he would occupy his time singing about how much he hated his son and how he wished the other one was alive. It's brilliant. He goes, the dad leaves uh, when Dewey's on his rehab. He's in the hospital on his quote unquote deathbed or whatever. And he, he... Tells Dewey that how disappointed he is in him. He leaves the room and comes back in and goes, the wrong kid died. <laughs> it's brilliant. Now, my question is, did you watch, uh, what's the other one? It's American Cox. The, un- what is it? I think it's called like the unadulterated self-indulgent director's cut. Like the three hour version or like the two and a half hour version? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's okay, got good. it's got all the songs in it. It's got no, no, no. I mean, there's he goes into the 70s where he dates Cheryl Teagues and then breaks up yeah, with Cheryl yeah, yeah, Teagues yeah. and more sinks get ripped off the wall. 
That is the true version. The I think it's called like I think it is called American the self indulgent yeah. self indulgent director's cut or something. Yeah, it like that. sounds familiar. Yeah, it's on the DVD, and I I probably have three or four copies of it. It's littered throughout the house and bags somewhere, but that is the one that I always watch. Is the yeah, the longer version? It's a great movie, and also in a weird way, like it's 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 a great comedy because it's so good at what it does that it actually. All this, all the songs, even though they're supposed to be like a parody and mimicry or something like that, they're kind of actually bangers. They're really good, like they're really well written songs. No, my friend Mike, I've mentioned it on the podcast before. We we threatened y'all a couple weeks ago or a week ago maybe with uh, redundancy on the podcast. <laughs> You're getting some right now, um, but yeah, like my friend Mike was always saying, like it is a stupid movie. Like unarguably, I love stupid movies. Sure, but like. It's a great movie, though, at the same yeah. time. Like, yeah. it, all the music holds up. Like, it's better than it should be. Like, you'll find yourself, like, laughing still. Like, the, in my dream, you're blowing me. Some, Some kisses. kisses. <laughs> <laughs> like, Let's Duet is a great song. Yeah, I, I would listen to that soundtrack in the car all the time. <laughs> all the time. Me and my little brother, Bootsy. Shout out to the man. What's up, uh, Boots? Yeah, what's up, young blood? Uh, little big bro, I like to call him. Um, but yeah, dude, I fucking love that movie. I also... Margot Martindale is in that. Yes. And we have a big... No, Lord! (laughs) The way her comedic timing when she says, I'm going to light us a candle tonight. (laughs) You go go to the store and get us a pack of butter and a candle. And a candle. We're going to light us a candle tonight. It's so... (laughs) His brother just died. died. And his mom's reaction is, we're going to light us a candle No, she she went smell blind. That's what it was. That's what it was, right? Yeah, you go smell blind. That's, I mean, right. that's the revelation. I can't smell. Oh, no, that was the same day. Yeah. It is the same day. Everything happened. That movie knows what it is. It commits to the bit of everything yeah. that Dewey Cox does is over the top. Sure, there is zero subtlety in anything that that happens in that movie, and that's why it's so brilliant. Like you know how I'm always saying that co- that comedy usually works when it's either a straight man in a silly world or a silly man in a straight world. This is all just silly world. Yeah. This is there's there's no there's no straight man of this. It's all just ridiculous, Willy Wonka fucking topsy turvy <laughs> crazy madness comedy. It's brilliant. I do want to give a shout out though, and I think I'm I'm inclined to give an underrated performance of the week right here, right now. Right here, right now. Is it going to Margot Martindale? I think she already got one for this movie. Did she? I think she did. If not, oh, fuck it. They can share it. Yeah, they can share. But no, Kristen Wiig. <laughs> Yeah. As Dewey's fourteen-year-old girlfriend, <laughs> yeah, and which she repeats yeah. over and over. I'm Dewey's fourteen-year-old, yeah. But no, in the in the long cut, there was a running gag, and there's a lot of running gags in the long cut. Like all the sinks that Dewey comes across, he has to rip off of a wall. Right, it just goes on and on and on. He's just haggard and like leaning on the floor, yeah. just yeah. <laughs> smashing one yeah. down. Yeah, he gets exhausted by doing it. <laughs> he has a, a a room in his house in the in the long version when he starts to That's date Cheryl sinks. it's about there's just sinks on the wall it's hilarious um but no Kristen Wiig though is so fucking funny I don't think funny. I like you very much anymore Cheryl Teeks yeah no it's brilliant <laughs> but no Kristen Wiig is so funny in that fucking movie man like she is just proves once again her comedic chops yeah. and so she gets the underrated performance of the week for that one um I do believe in you Dewey I just know you're gonna fail oh man like in the long cut she uh, there's a bit where he always writes songs while they're in the middle of an argument, right? And it it kind of bleeds over into the the theatrical version. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Don't you dare write a song right now!" But he does it all the time, <laughs> like the line of like, um, 
Don't leave me. <laughs> he goes, don't she said, don't, le- don't leave me, Edith. Edith. That's a good song title right there, Dewey. And he goes, it's not a bad title, but still don't leave me. <laughs> don't leave me. Yeah. She's like, it's not about exotic pets. It's about love, you stupid piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, man. Now, Walk Hard, I don't know the rating I can give that. It would be, um, it gets two machetes. <laughs> <laughs> about all you need for a good machete it's not fight. Danny Trejo machetes no. those are actual machetes for fighting yeah yeah I don't know I'd I'm gonna s- give it one giraffe in lieu of a $10,000 payment he said yeah what does the joke say he said, he's like I'll pay you $5,000 I said no you won't you'll give me that giraffe and he right. did right there that's right on the spot hi <laughs> shorty yeah oh man no Walk Hard is uh, we can always talk about that movie yeah it's a gr- it's a great mockumentary biopic but it does it really really well and it's John C. Riley, and he's he's comedically brilliant he like, should have like I, I say this a lot and like we do give out underrated performance of the week I think he got nominated for a Golden Globe like he should have yeah, been nominated Chicago. Yeah. no 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 no. I'm saying for Walk Hard he oh got, did he one of those he got one of those not Oscar but it was one of those he got nominated for a pretty pretty prestigious award Sweet. didn't win I think it was a Golden Globe but don't quote me if I remember that that's another fucking weird thing that I just know for no reason. But, um, no, he should have, like, truly been nominated for an Oscar for yeah. that movie. He is so fucking good in that movie. Yeah, I agree. Like, and it's funny, like, my dad watched a movie, um, we'll, we'll talk about it hopefully here soon, The Sisters Brothers, with him and uh, John C. Riley and Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And my dad's like, oh, it's so weird to see John C. Riley play such a serious role. I've always known him to be such a funny man. Oh, no, was he like, was in Gangs of New York? He yeah. Was, he was in... Um, Chicago, Chicago. Yeah, well, he yeah, was Oscar yeah. nominated yeah, for right, that right. one. Like, God, I'm, there's fucking so uh, Thin Red Line, a oh, lot of shit. Right. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He was a, a serious. I mean, you can be comedic and still be a serious actor, but sure. like, was a dramatic actor for most of it, and then. But yeah, he actually has dramatic chops for yeah, sure. Yeah, he's a fucking. He should have gotten nominated for an Oscar for Walk Hard. Like, he's like a better Ryan Reynolds. I guess I don't know sure. why it's a weird comp but sure I don't know why I threw that up that was a weird flex on Ryan Reynolds yeah yeah we're sorry here the other <laughs> half of what you've been watching is very sorry Mr. Reynolds you keep doing your thing and making those Deadpool movies and you seem like you're having fun mm-hmm. coaching a soccer or owning a soccer team with Rob McElhaney so do what you gotta do um, but yeah uh, what else have you been watching my guy oh man after that I saw the Venom sequel, Let There Be Carnage. Let There Be Woody Harrelson. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, What'd you think? It was pretty much more of the same from the first movie, which I wasn't a huge fan of. It's it's serviceable, it's passable. It's just ultimately, I think it was too dark. I don't mean in terms of tone, I mean in terms of like the lighting in that movie yeah. sucked. You mean the first one? or Yeah, yeah, the first one. Yeah, the first yeah. one. This and one's a little better. This one's a little better on that front, but it's still a lot more a lot more sizzle than it is steak. It, it, it's, it's very much a CGI tornado of just what else can we throw at the wall and see what sticks without really servicing too much the like whys and wherefores of, yeah. of why characters do what they do. But that being said, Woody Harrelson is awesome in this. He's he having is a just blast. deliciously awesome. He's a. Uh, it's funny though, like you you were saying that it does kind of like the first one. It kind of parallels Iron Man in the same way of like people get frustrated with Iron Man. Like how many times I'm going to see Tony Stark fight another fucking suit of armor? Mm-hmm. And like with Venom, it's kind of the same thing. Same thing in the first movie, it was like 
it was the dumbest idea ever to do it. And I don't know whoever the digital supervisor was of this. I'm not saying fire him, but they need to relook at it. It was like, let's do a super dark gray symbiote mm. in a black symbiote fighting at night on in a catwalk rain, right. in a rain. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? There was a right. cool shot of them like both hitting it sit with the sonic thing and it the both people are revealed inside the symbiotes. Or yeah, the they're symbiotes. splitting apart. Yeah, and that was kind of cool, but like, but it, had, it was a long way to get there. And I had no, it was like a Transformers movie. I, I lose track of which robot I'm rooting for. It, it was like, yeah, yeah. And it, it's very much more of that in the second movie. It's a little better. It's in terms of like the well, quick cuts this one, in, in this one, at least one of them is bright red. Exactly. So they, you can they sort of, with that. you can sort of tell the difference. But even still, it's, everything happens at night. Everything happens in floodlights. Everything happens in like, really harsh sharp contrast of shadows and stuff like that so it's is it's, this the great rehashing we've definitely talked i know we talked early on about when i first saw this movie in theaters a long time ago i think we might have talked about walk hard on that same episode is this the great rehashing michael is it happening finally the great deja vu the great deja books didn't you ask me that already i bet i did <laughs> no i i agree with it though man it's the only thing i'll give andy circus for Credit for it. Well, one, you're the fucking man. Of course. That's first and foremost. And I will watch that movie again just to support whatever you got going on. But um, he did kind of do some things that I appreciate. He really did look at like classic comic book panels and go like, I want to shoot that exactly. Right. Like with Shriek and uh, Carnage in this position because it's a classic like uh, splash panel. And he did that. Like them in the church and everything like that. Um, Ultimately... I mean, I guess Venom's catalog isn't that deep, you know, when it comes right. to villains. Right. It's either like bad Spider-Man villains or just goons or, I mean, until... Uh, or re- other symbiotes. Yeah, or other symbiotes. Until Null came along, which Null was like a, a Marvel Universe threat, not just like a... <laughs> but anyways, I'm geeking out. Um, but yeah, his bench isn't that deep, and I feel like if we're going to do Carnage, can we do Maximum Carnage? And yes. Can we get Spider-Man in on it and... Possibly Captain America, possibly... Uh, like Black Cat other, yeah. and like Silver Sable and like, Cloak and Dagger. And... I mean, you're not wrong in terms of Sony's been looking for a chance to try and expand their universe and sort of do their own thing like they're doing with Marvel. I don't know why they're pinning it all on the Sinister Six and Morbius and bringing in Michael Keaton as the Vulture. Like, honestly, Maximum Carnage would have been a, a great excuse to do that. That It's a great time to bring in... You know, the doppelganger Spider-Man, the demonic doppelganger, yeah. or to bring in Hobgoblin, or to bring in, like, okay, we can't do Green Goblin, but we can do Hobgoblin, yeah. or we can do Shriek, or we can do Carnage, we can do Black Cat, we could do... Yeah, there's the, a lot. We could do Scorpion, the Lizard, like, all this stuff. Yeah, know? no, I mean, they own all the rights, so... Yeah, I don't know, I, it's it's an alright movie. I, I appreciate it for what it was. They did some comic booky things that I was like, alright. But I think my issue with the Venom franchise in terms of like the movies not mm-hmm. not the comic books is just when i've read venom all the venoms that have ever caught my attention have not tonally been like that this movie's right. very silly and i understand they're trying to sell to a a larger audience but like i'm not saying oh every comic book has to be gritty and like i don't need that at all well no but no like but... he's a he's the lethal protector man right. like he's a loner he's like and he is in the movie and i give uh, Tom Hardy, all the credit in the world. Like you were talking about, um, Woody Harrelson, mm-hmm. he has a blast doing it. Like it's oh, yeah, fun yeah. watching him act against yeah. himself. They, they they look like they're having a good time doing it, but I don't know. It's again, it's just it's it's way too slick for what it's trying to do. Yeah, and and I think it's 
instead of trying to be the like gritty, violent, you know, anti-hero movie, it also it also wants to be a comedy, and yet it also kind of wants to like be able to sell toys, right. and so like you have to cater to kids at that point, <clears throat> right? So it's this it it just never really fully decides what it wants to be, and by doing that, it sort of becomes not very good at anything, kind of really. Yeah, they also don't really explain the rules of the symbiote either very well. Like, they kind of do, but they kind of don't. Oh, no, they they definitely repeat over and over again, he hates fire, he hates Sonic. No, he hates I, fire, he hates I know Sonic. that, but, like, it's weird, like, he... I can't remember if it was the first or the second movie, but, like, all, it just turns people's eyes into Venom, and it's like, I've never seen Venom do that. Like, they just transform, like, no, it's like a suit. It's supposed to not transform your actual skin and blood into, like... Doesn't transmogrify your face and right. like looking like a symbiote. Like it's a, it goes over your. Fa- they just do weird shit sometimes. It's like, what was the point of that? Like I don't, I don't get it. I will say that they do sort of. Ir- the venom powers are all over the place because there's a scene at one point where Carnage is able to like lift up four cars at once, and then there's. Another scene where he gets hit by a car and he flies back like 60 feet. And I'm like, well, that'd be like you throwing a pillow at me. Like, I can lift up four pillows at one time, no problem. But if you throw a pillow at me, it's not going to be like, whoa! Yeah, I, I guess I can see where, yeah. I see where you come. I mean, I guess I don't really understand how just, physics works. That, that's, just, that's just one example. But No, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. I mean, again, I'm sure somebody out there is screaming like, physics is this! <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're simple folks here. them I say... Here. Shut up, nerd. Yeah. Yeah, you different type of nerd than we are, nerd. <laughs> you like Harry Potter and we like Marvel. Um, Why don't you go shit in your shorting hat? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, uh, I will say I did like the end credit, or not the end credit, but the, um, at, towards the end. Uh, and I, I mentioned this when we, if you're like, this is like a rehashing for me, but, um, it's okay. when Venom's laying on the ground and he's saving Michelle Williams or whatever and he's lowering her down. And Carnage is just stabbing the shit yeah, out of him, yeah, like, yeah. repeatedly. And he's just like, oh, 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 oh. Like, there's no blood or anything. But it's like, if you think about what's going on, like... It's violent as fuck. He's fucking him up. And uh, it's also just fun to watch the scene where, like, Eddie Brock gets Venom back. And he, like, gets all riled up. Like, all right, let's go fight him. And then they jump in the church. And he's like, it's a red one. You didn't tell me it was a red one. <laughs> he says, bail, bail. Yeah, bail, bail. I enjoyed that joke. Um, but yeah, it's cool, though. Shriek was fine. It's It's... Pretty mediocre as a film, though, in my opinion. Yeah. It's, it is cool. It's whatever. So what do you rate it? Uh, I'm going to rate it so many dead chicken heads. Yeah. So many dead chicken heads. I would rate it a thwap and not a thwip. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's like, uh-huh. The, also like the Kmart. That's, that's a subtle, yeah. yeah that's, that's, a thwap. Like the, that's like the wish version. Yeah. Instead of snaked, it's... Snacked. Snacked. Yeah. Snacked. Yeah. yeah. The comic book readers will understand what I just said. So, but yeah. It was a pretty good one. Um, and to them we say, shut up, yeah, nerds. Shut up, fellow nerd that we partake into. Uh, anything else on the list? Or That's it, man. That's that's pretty... Other than that, you know, I've been watching Battlestar, Battlestar Galactica, trying to keep up with that. Slowly working my way through it. Uh, making my way through The Witcher. Henry Cavill is delicious, and I want to see more of that. Yeah, you don't after season two. Spoilers. Uh, well, don't worry. I'm sure he's going to go be Superman, so it's going to be okay. Oh. oh. Now I'm sad. You're like, and I'm not a Warhammer fan. <laughs> he's going to crush that, though. We well, talked about it. But... Here's from a word from our sponsor, Sorrow. Yeah. 
Bizarro, join the club. <laughs> oh, man, that's pretty funny, though. So I guess I'll just take over then. <laughs> I was going to say, what you been watching? Oh, uh, there it is. That's the magic invitation I'm looking for. Uh, first and foremost, football, uh, but I'll spare you all that. Uh, How did Bird's doing? Uh, we had a bye week, so we'll be playing the, the New York football giants, the G-Men, uh, coming up here. So that'll be fun to watch. Um, but I'll, the season's almost over, so you guys don't have to deal with it anymore. I'll spare you all that. But, um, then we get into football. Yeah, yeah. Um, by, by that I mean goal! World Cup's over too. So. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Uh, no, I've been watching the same usual stuff, tuning it out with cartoons. I still have... 330-something days to watch all the, Bo- the the final finale of BoJack Horseman, so okay. we're not there yet. Okay. But um, It's only like 13 episodes, bro. No, I've, it's only got like six to watch, but I'm going to watch I'm gonna watch it through. Okay. And then we're going to do a deep BoJack dive. Okay. That's, to be honest, I haven't started Schindler's List either, so... I, I figured. Well, that wasn't even on my list, but I still got to watch that movie too, so... Um, but no, I've been watching Family Guy, the typical, just like, what do you do at the end of the night? Mm-hmm. Just kind of... I really am come to a conclusion. I really do think I like the early Family Guys a little bit better. Like, why so? I think I like the fact that they they got like they did seasons one, two, three, and then they got canceled. Mm-hmm. And when they came back, they just doubled down on all of the the cutaways because mm-hmm. like, but I kind of like have a special place in my heart for seasons one, two, and three, like the originals before. Like they always did the cutaways; that's been their thing, but. That wasn't like the entire show. Sure. And then when they came back, they were just like, we're doubling down on what works. Which, good for them. But I kind of like those first three seasons, man. It's just a little... I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't really know why. They just There's more heart to them, I think. Is it because they weren't so dependent on the cutaways, do you Maybe. think? Maybe. I think so. I think like In terms of it was, it was a little bit more plot-driven as opposed to like... Well, just... We can do a cutaway and just insert random joke here. Pretty kind of much. I, I, think, I think, yeah... It, it, it just became a different show at that point. Sure. And some of the cutaways, I mean, always in Family Guy, some of them are just going to miss. That's just what happens. At least in my, they might be hilarious to somebody else, but to me, some of them just miss. But as for as many misses as they have, some of them just fucking hit, and you're like, that's fucking hilarious. And I'll, I'll never understand the the whole, uh, the bit where they would cut to old episodes of Hee Haw, and they'd be like, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Conway Twitty. And then they would just hold on it and do an entire performance from Hee Haw yeah. of Conway Twitty. I'm like, I mean, that's cool, but like, I'm not really into Hee Haw, and I but don't it, give a fuck about Conway Twitty. And like, now I'm just annoyed. Yeah. Like, you guys literally took a 12 minute script and stretched it into 18 minutes because thank God for Conway Twitty. Yeah, and it's funny to four people, you know. Yeah. And then it becomes funny because it's like, oh, it's not funny, and it becomes you know the cycle of comedy. Oh, I'm I'm sure Seth Green and his and his friends were laughing their asses off oh, every yeah. time it happened. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm not going to complain about people making jokes on the, for their own benefit. Yeah, because no, that's, that's the whole, whole point of the fucking of the podcast. podcast, right? Right. Um, <laughs> but there does reach a point where like it becomes self indulgent at that point. Yeah, no, and it's and I appreciate, like I said, I I just like the fact that it was a little, it was more dependent on structure and. Again, when they came back, I appreciate some of those early seasons, too, up to about season six, seven, and then it, just like everything else, it kind of becomes a shell of itself at a certain yeah, point, yeah. and it's just, like, a little too dependent on, like, I, I, Seth MacFarlane always said that his goal, and he does, I think he has done a pretty good job of it, um, was to make it, like, the far side, mm-hmm. in the sense of, like, it is so non sequitur, and there can be a joke at any time, at any place, in any universe, in any scenario, sure. and, like, make that funny. 
And like that is truly the far side. Yeah. You know? So yeah, yeah. if that was his goal, he definitely succeeded at that. So I uh, just been kind of chipping away at that. But uh, yeah, give it a couple Pawtucket Patriots, the early season, <laughs> for a review. Uh, other than that, I went and watched. I didn't plan on staying up this late and watching it. Of, that's, of course, that's always how it happens. But I forgot how long it was, too. But fucking Wedding Crashers. Oh, really? Dude, I fucking... That's a really funny you movie. You motorboater? You little motorboater. Motorboater, son of a bitch. <laughs> Vince Vaughn, man, when when he fits the part, there's you can't... He is like, oh, I need a Vince Vaughn type. Just hire Vince right, Vaughn. Because right, if it's right. if it's something he can sink his teeth into and really be that guy, the fast-talking, da-da-da-da-da, like, he's... There's no one better. Like, right, he's fucking right. hilarious. Like... And actually, Owen Wilson's really funny in that movie, too. <laughs> like, the line about, uh, what are we doing out here when they're quail hunting? And he's, oh, like, he's, like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, in the 15 years I've known you've been seeking, secretly sneaking off every weekend to go on little private hunting excursions. I don't even know what the fuck a quail is. <laughs> no, <laughs> His delivery says, on it. Do you know what you're doing? He's like, yeah, of course I do. Yeah. <laughs> I've been sneaking away for the past 15 years. No, I don't even know what the fuck a quail is. <laughs> His delivery on that's great. Um yeah, Bradley Cooper. What are you doing? A little two-hand touch? Blam! Fuck! Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he tells him, I've been dry-humped up and down the field all day today. If you don't mind, Big Daddy's going to just recharge his batteries real quick. <laughs> I'm going to eat, but it's not with you. I'm going to sit over here. <laughs> yeah, he crushes it, man. It's a fucking really it's funny so movie, good. man. And obviously... It, it was my first Asian! It was my first Asian. Erroneous. It's erroneous. Erroneous. Yeah, erroneous. Um, but yeah, I stayed up and watched that, man. That is a fucking really funny movie. And that movie is... Deserving of, of the all the fucking cash that it made. Oh, the, yeah. Three hundred yeah. million dollar movie it made. So. And Rachel McAdams is totally charming and, and yeah. beautiful in that. You and believe then, the Owen Wilson Rachel McAdams connection, definitely. Oh, sure. Especially when she finds out basically like the the whole twist at the end. Yeah, of like, like these guys aren't who they say they are. Yeah, and she absolutely rejects them and it's like, get the fuck away from me. Yeah, like I mean they kinda lose in the end where he makes that huge decora- declaration of love and she's like, Alright, I buy it. Yeah, it's. I mean, she loves him. That's whatever. But that's the whole point of the movie. Is like you believe at a wedding that you're in the presence of true love, right? And so when he goes to uh, Vince Vaughn's wedding at the end, and like Bradley Cooper, I yeah, love by the way, uh, Isla Fisher. Yeah, Isla Fisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's pretty funny. She's married to Sasha Baron Cohen. Um, but no, my bro, wife. My wife. <laughs> there you go. Borat joke. Put that on your bingo card. That's the only time that'll ever no, be filled out. No, that's well, that's, that's like a free play that's right the there. One right there. That's a free play right there. But no, when uh, Bradley Cooper charges down the aisle and Vince Vaughn lays him out, that's a fucking great scene. He's like, "That's enough of this shit," and he charges and bow, just fucking leaves his feet. It's a great scene. But but yeah, like the whole point of it's like you believe in a in that like your the little speech that he gave uh, Rachel McAdams, kind of like the setup for the, the finale is like you believe that you're in the presence of true love mm-hmm. and that. Your recognition of love is just your your recognition of your your soul's counterpart in another person. Sure. There's actually a really good line of dialogue. It's pretty. I don't know where it's from. It might have been from one of the writers, but <laughs> fucking pretty good line of dialogue. Um, movies just got a lot of heart, man. Like fucking uh, Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman's in it. Christopher Walken. That's oh, that was uh, Doctor Quinn. That's yeah, right. She's in it. Do these look real to you? She's like, call me Kitty Cat. Okay, Kitty Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Vince Vaughn's the shit, though. Isn't it? <laughs> I just think I like to see him in all of his swingers-esque glory, which is another great one. So, Wedding Crashers, I will ring the wedding bells 17 times. 17 times. 
You understand what, what I'm getting at. I'm going to give it one sweaty sock stuffed in my mouth. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that you've been, uh, what do you say, getting dry humped up and down the field all day? <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Uh, I also watched another comedy classic um, about, I'd say about, yeah, more than two-thirds of it. Super Bad. Oh, yeah. Fucking all-time classic, too. That That's movie is movie. so fucking funny. <laughs> like... It, it might be the dazed and confused of our, our generation. generation. I, I really do believe that. I, you know, it, it's... In as much as, you know, very similarly, dazed and confused is the last day of school, it's the first day of summer. Right. Same thing for these kids. And, you know, it, it's kind of dazed and confused meets uh, Revenge of the Nerds or be, or Meatballs or something. Or not Meatballs, uh, Porkies. Porkies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> talking yeah. about Meatballs. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> like... Hey, it's our last day of high school. We're going to, you know, it, if we don't lose our virginity now, if not now, when right, kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah, but it's not like American Pie or anything. It's, it's kind of its own thing, though. It's a little bit of an adventure tale, too, of, like, the quest to get laid or the quest, and all the, the side quests of we have to get liquor to do it. And, like, there's just so many. Yeah, you got to position yourself at the right time, at the right party to yeah. impress the girl so that she can maybe possibly put the pee in around, in the, around v, the V, maybe the mouth area. If you want Seth's own dressing, <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so stupid. Um, and fucking Bill Hader, shout! He is so fucking funny in everything, man. Like yeah. he, he plays the other cop uh, to um, Michael. Seth Rogen. Yeah, Seth Rogen. Michael, so he calls him. Yes, Michael. Now you will die. Like he's just fucking genuinely very funny. <laughs> Bill Hader is fucking very underrated in my opinion. But um, yeah, super bad. fucking funny as hell, man. I. uh I hadn't seen it in a while, and I think Sawyer was watching. He started it and then paused it, and I came in, like I said, probably about 30, 40 minutes into it, and uh-huh. just caught the whole tail end of it, and fucking... One of my my favorite joke in that movie, and I still say it sometimes, is at the very end, when they go to the mall after the party, after they get drunk or whatever, and all the adventure ends, and he's he's trying on pants for college, right. uh, uh, Jonah Hill is, and he's like, are these pants too... I don't know if I can do skinny jeans. Are these pants too tight? He's like, what about my junk? What about my junk? He's like, yeah, I can definitely see it. It's very defined in there. And this is my favorite joke. He goes, I know. It's like a division sign. It goes, ball, dick, ball. And you can see it all right there. <laughs> Fucking great joke. Fucking great joke. <laughs> it makes very me laugh. visually descriptive yeah. joke. Yeah. I laugh every time I hear it. Just talking about a division sign. <laughs> so, oh, man. I will give that uh, 32 bottles of gold slick liquor. Ooh, the one with the gold flakes. The one with the gold flakes. That's <laughs> right, my brother. Um, I'm going to give that... I was going to give it one, but I'm going to give it two fake Hawaiian IDs. Ooh. Oh, by the way, yeah, we got to address the character of McLovin. Like, yeah. How iconic that shit is. Oh, like, yeah. And yeah. a lot of that is based on a true What's story. with the vest? Yeah. You look like Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said... Fogle is so fucking funny in that movie. He he thinks that he wins a lot of these arguments. He says something about like, what are you going to do if I walk away right now, Seth? He goes, I would take a knife and I'd cut your fucking face off and wear it on my own and go in and buy the booze myself. <laughs> and his comeback is he goes, ha, you don't have the medical background or the steady hand to kind of pull off some kind of feat like that. So there. They give him shit and, about. And he thinks the, that that's a win. The, the name on his fake license is Mohammed McLovin. No, it's just McLovin. No, just Mc, Right. It he's was like, going to be Muhammad. And, he and goes, he's like, it's the most popular name on the planet, yeah, asshole. asshole. <laughs> he thinks that he wins all of these conversations is the best part about that character. It's like He's like, that was a slam dunk back on, on Seth. He's like, McLovin, like a singular name? Like, what are you, fucking Prince? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
What are you, Seal? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, the character of McLovin will stand the test of time. And I understand that uh, Christopher Mintz Plaza, or Plasse, however you say his name, is kind of like, he's very grateful, but like he's, he knows the fact that he's always, there's, there's no escaping that. Sure, sure. And um, it's funny because a lot of the stories that are in Superbad, like Seth Rogen and Evan uh, Goldberg, I mm-hmm. think his name is, mm-hmm. started writing that when they were like 15 or 16. Right. And so a lot of the things that happen in that are all true stories. Like if you look in the credits, the young lady, her, her name in the credits is Period Girl. And that's forever going to be on her acting resume and IMDb for life. But that's a true story. They were the people on the couch that watched that happen to somebody. <laughs> and so that's why that happened. Um, a lot of like, they knew somebody that was did the McLovin thing, got right. a fake idea and made McLovin. So it's just, it's so interesting in the fact that like, it's kind of clerks-ish. Clerks-ish? Clerks-ish. In a way of like, you write what you know. Sure. And like, we're going to write our story. Because right. we've never seen shit like this happen. And obviously, right. things right. are exaggerated. But yet, in the same way, like, it's all... Yes, you've never seen anything like that happen. But it's all strangely relatable. Like, yeah. maybe that direct thing didn't happen to you. But you have definitely have... You definitely have stories that equate to a movie like that. Not right. Maybe not all in one night that, like, that happens to them. <clears throat> But if you think about every dumb high school teenage party you went to during your entire lifetime, you probably have about eh, 90 minutes, two hours worth of a movie's worth of stories. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. And it's all shit that, like, again, happened specifically to you and no one would believe you if you told them that it happened. But yet, everybody you tell it to has kind of a similar kind of, story. Yeah. No, I hear you. And some of those things, like, I, I without getting into them myself... I have stories that you'd be like, oh, I want names. Go ahead. Nah, nah, just like that. Just like that. She's a freak like that. True story. Shout out to Mike Wins. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, give me your energy. Yeah, all your energy. Yeah, there's all kind. I can. Shit that's almost too wild to like, when you hear it, you're like, that can't be made up because it's too fucking wild. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not calling you a liar, but I also. That's. It's it's gotta be true. It's so strange that. There's no way that that can't yeah, not have happened. Yeah, it's so like, yeah, okay, cool. So that movie's kind of that. And also I relate to one of the scenes when Michael Sarah um, he tells Becca that he likes her or whatever. He's like, uh-huh. okay, Becca, and he accidentally punches her in the boob. And he goes to walk away. He's like, okay, Becca, talk to you later. And they're walking in the same direction, but he wanted the conversation to end. So he just walks like twice as fast as her to get away. <laughs> I have done that. I told a girl I liked her. I was like, you know, I like you. You're really cool. And then we ended up turning and she went to go the oh, same shit. way to class. We're, we're going to the same <laughs> yeah, class. And I oh, fucking, or not the same class, but going in the same direction. <laughs> and I just like walked <laughs> like aerobic speed to get away from the conversation. So a little story about myself embarrassing myself. Uh, I told a girl I liked her and she laughed. Yeah, I've had that happen. <laughs> oh, you're serious. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, my bad. Oh, man. But no, Superbad's all-time classic, man. Fucking really fast dialogue. Please watch it if you haven't. It's If somebody told me that, and I think a guy I worked with at Wawa in Maryland, shout out to, uh, to Christian, or Chris, I like to call his big homie. Um, he told me, like, that's one of his favorite comedies of all time. I buy it. And it's like, I get that. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Like, there's, it has all the markings of like, yep. Sure. Yeah. Really all-time classic. The last thing I watched... Um, and we can do this, and then we'll take a break, man, because it's going to segue into something a little bit bigger, a little Ooh. bit better. Um, Segways. Yes, sir. I watched John Wick 1 and 2. Johnny Wicks. 
Back to back? Uh, not back to back, but two nights. Okay. Yeah, two nights. Okay. I didn't watch three yet, but it's it's happening. Cause okay. I put one on because I was folding laundry and I was like, let's some what's something I can put on that I kind of know. I didn't want to invest in something new. Sure. And so I put it on. I fucking just watched the whole thing. I was like, well, fuck laundry. I finished really early. Like, <laughs> I was like, well, I'm just watching John Wick now. Well, I finished cooking dinner. I guess I'll go do that. So I just cooked dinner, folded laundry, and just watched John Wick 1. Just watching watching Keanu Reeves just snapping fuck shit necks up. while you're stirring the spaghetti. Yeah, just fucking shit up. <laughs> oh, man. Um, brilliant decision on my part. Yeah. And then, obviously, the next night, uh, same situation. Kind of like, ah, fuck it. What are we going to watch? We're sitting down for dinner. I was like, shit, John Wick 2, blah, fired it up. There you go. Dude, I fucking, those movies are legit, man. Like, I've, I've seen those two. I have yet to watch the third one, but I want to catch up on that before the fourth one comes Johnny out. Johnny Wick's four is coming, yeah. baby. Yeah. Yeah, Parabellum or whatever it's called. I forget what it's called. No, that was three is Parabellum. Whatever. Um, John I, Wick 4, the kick-assery. Yeah, dude, the fucking get you some <laughs> the movie. Uh, no, I, those movies work really well. I think in terms of it being a movie, like storytelling, investment in the characters, stuff like that, one is probably the best of them. But it's not my favorite. Sure. Well, because one, and, and again, I, I haven't seen the third one. I can only base this off the second one. But the, the, the first one tells a complete story. It, it, it literally is a revenge story. Yes. So, yes. And um, revenge is extracted at that point. Sure, yes. sure, sure. And... They they definitely leave a little stinger, leaving themselves open for for like sequelization and stuff like that. But it it's the most complete movie in terms of here's the character, here's the motivation, here's the rules of the world, and sort of exploring that and and defining those terms in terms of like who is John Wick, what does he want, what are the rules of the world. A, a little bit, I would I agree, and I think I know where you're going with this. If if I may interject, I think one goes here's the character mm-hmm. and here's the motivation sure and you really care for it like when they kill his wife or you find out his wife dies and then these two idiots come these fucking goon a and goon b because you have to have goon a right. and goon b right. or else right. the action movies don't work um which anytime goon a and goon b are in a movie they're usually my favorite characters <laughs> um, we've talked about that before so i'll spare you but they come and they they uh hijack his car they yeah hijack his car break into his house and just kill his dog and you find out that like the dog was given to him from his dying wife being like this is the last thing like this is my chance of hope this is something for you to love right holy it's like my final gift to you on my deathbed right basically like you can love again here's how yeah here's how and i'm gonna teach you and they come in and kill the dog and now the dude just has nothing to fucking lose (laughs) And that scene where he's literally smashing up the concrete tiles. Oh, I was just in I his got basement. Yeah, no. And he's just sweating his ass off, and he's pulling out this huge like ammo box just full of weapons like, and guns and awesome ass yeah. fly suits. I didn't want to do this again. Yeah, and he's a. Uh, and in the background, as that's going on, that montage of him literally digging up like he almost buried that person. It's symbolic of like right. from the casket he, must right. arise. Like I buried that. He's person. He's resurrecting the life. Once yeah, that's yeah. And in the background, they have the narration from the Russian guy saying, like, he's fucking Baba Yaga. He's the guy you send yeah, to this, kill the boogeyman. Like, so the, the the Russian guy is the dad of the guy who stole John Wick's car and, killed, and the dog. killed the dog. And he's basically telling his son, like, there's nothing I can do. Like, you're fucked. Yeah, that's a gangster scene. He's like, what will happen? He's like, what do I do, Pop? He goes, he will come for you. Right. He says, you die with dignity. You die with honor. Yeah, he's like, what's going to happen? He's coming for you. Like, that's what it is. 
And um, it's got John Leguizamo in there. And Johnny the, Legs! Johnny Legs. He's in the pantheon of greats in our uh, What You've Been Watching catalog. Um, when he shows up, uh, he's Mauricio in the movie. The kid steals the car. He drives it up to John Leguizamo's little shop. And he slaps him. He yeah, slaps no, he, no, he, no he, he cusses at John Leguizamo and he's like, do something, you know. He's like, do you have any idea whose fucking car you stole? He's like, get it out of here. And he goes, you work for my father. He's like, what the fuck you say, little man? Like, yeah. hold up. Chuck Norris very much, so hold my shit real quick. <laughs> and he's like, no, I work with your father. I do not work for your father. I, fuck it, this is my shit. And he talks one more time, he punches him dead in his mouth. His buddy pulls a gun on him. He's like, please do it. Please kill me over the transgressions that happen in my, you come into my shit with a car that I don't want to do, and you pull right. a gun on me, please do it. Like, right. please do it. If not, get the fuck up out of here. And they do. And of course, John Wick rolls up, and he's like, he asks Maurice, he walks up to uh, John Leguizamo, and he's like, before he says anything, he just, John Leguizamo grabs a bottle of scotch, and just pours it to him, and hands him one, was like, and he goes, where is it? He goes, I don't have it. He's like, do you know who does? Yes, I yep. do. Here, and I'll tell you. <laughs> like, yep. He's like, but I got nothing to do with it. Like, right. don't, right. don't fucking take I your. I want you to know. I was trying to mitigate this situation. Yeah, I tried to. It's, it's this. It's the big boss's kid, and he's like, "Fuck!" And he's like, "What are you gonna do, John?" He's like, "You know what I'm gonna do." He's like, "Yep, well, cool." And it's off to the races. Yeah. And so you you got your motivation, and then you find out all you've heard up to this point is stories about John Wick. You've heard like he right. he once he killed did. a man in a in three men with a fucking pencil. They say it in the first and second movie, and so you just heard it, and then now you have everything is untethered. It's like go right, and this movie fucking soars, bro. Like, <laughs> Like you got really I excited about love that. that movie, dude. It's go, and you're like, I've never seen, I've seen attempts at gunplay like this, in, but it's always been a little bit fictionalized. This is, in terms of like the John Woo of it all, the John Woo of, like equilibrium or like gun fu. This isn't the first time you've heard the terminology. Right, even the gun Matrix, fu. something right, like that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Where it's it's gunplay as a martial art, as right, opposed right. to like a tactical sort of like. This shit is like, take a drink of take a very small sip of beer every time he shoots someone in the face like <laughs> you can tell like he's not playing with these people it's like he goes in he rolls around with these dudes on the ground like well at first before that it, it's go when they they send a when the dad finds out who it was he's like send your best men and he the kid like he already knows like dude i have to i have to try to protect my son but right. fucking you idiot he sends a hit squad into john wick's house and it does not end well for any of those nope. dudes it's like two dozen dudes or maybe a dozen and you just start seeing him like he's not playing with these people. It's like I'm gonna break your arm and roll around here, and I'm gonna stay use you as a shield. And the second your little buddy pops up, bow just straight to the face. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I'm not playing with. And then as soon as while I got you here, and then I put a gun betwixt my legs and just bow, and then like on to the next. It's There's like, I'm I, not I, wasting I, my time fucking getting in duck and dodge shootouts. Like, right, 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 right. I I, I love the the video of. There's, there's a behind-the-scenes video that's floating around YouTube, and it's uh, Keanu Reeves at the gun range oh, yeah. um, when he was doing training. And basically, he unloads, like, he's he's hitting targets, emptying clips, hitting full center mass, because he trained for, what was it, like four months, five months, yeah, However long like that. it was, I don't know. Um, but he's also, just, like, just the most dedicated dude, oh, yeah. like, from the Matrix. They're like, when we were doing Kung Fu shit... And like everyone says this about actors, he was like he was the first one in and the last one out mm-hmm. every day, like every day. So, anyways, go. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, yeah, no, yeah. you're good. But he brought that same dedication to the yeah. gunplay in terms of 
he apparently Keanu Reeves really wanted to bring to this a sense of like entertainment and and going big and going bold but also grounding it in reality like he didn't want it to be just like flying ninja kicks and this that the other he wanted to be like okay if you were literally the most well-trained individual on the planet how would you go about right. handling gunplay right it's I, I think he also because it was uh david leach and chad i'm gonna butcher his last name so fill that bingo box chad still stileski or stelski however you say it sure or they're they're kind of co-directors but they only credited one chad stelski but david leach went on to do deadpool and much other shit too sure. but um, here or there, um, they were stunt doubles for Keanu and and like organized stunts for him. And like a lot of the movies, one was the guy when uh, when they're in the Matrix, and um, uh, Agent Smith has him on his back, and he's like, "The train's coming," and he says, "That's the sound of inevit- inevitability. That's the sound of your own death." And he's like, "You hear that, Mister Anderson? My name is Neo." And he jumps and he pushes his back into the ceiling of the uh, yeah. That was one of the guys that directed fucking John Wick cool. for that stunt. Right Weird story to get there. I've watched behind the scenes of The <laughs> Matrix a lot of fucking times. So, um, big fan. But um, we'll talk about that in a minute. But We uh, did talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we did, didn't we? Um, <laughs> Welcome to the great rehashing. Yeah, the great rehashery. Um, but yeah, so I think when, he, when it came down to these guys, when it came to his relationship with those two directors, with mm-hmm. those two guys that were stunt doubles... I really do believe, and I think he, he might have been able to do this anyway just because he's a dedicated guy, but he wants to give these guys who gave him so much in terms of the Matrix and doing these stunts for him and all that, he wants to give it their all. Like He's like, dude, of course you're going to direct a movie? Like I'm your guy. Like Fucking right, yeah, let's do it. Right. And they pretty much said, we don't want to do this with anyone else but you because we know your dedication. And like we Good. know what we're getting when we sign on for this. And so it's like see what fucking match made you, in heaven. Yeah, see what happens when you work hard and actually dedicate yourself to the craft as opposed to just like, well, I'm just going to make as much money as possible. Yeah. And like you actually care about being an actor and, and learning new skills and doing the things. Like it's why Tom Cruise is going to have a, a career for the rest of his yep. life or until he kills himself. Same reason why... Keanu Reeves is going to have a career. Same reason why Nicolas Cage is going to have a career. Same reason why, like, all these traditionally, like, out there, out-of-the-box thinking actors... That are quote-unquote weird dudes or whatever. Or or bad actors or weird dudes or whatever, like, they're going to have jobs. They're going to work for the rest of their life because they're always putting another arrow in their quiver. You know what I mean? Just one more piece of ammunition that they can use... In, in the brutal industry that is entertainment. Yeah, no, that's a great way to put it, man. Absolutely. And I'm here for it. And we talked about how the first movie set up the character. All right. And you get a little taste of the world. You get kind of, oh, it's underbelly. It's kind of, and no, I don't mean this as a slight towards the movie. It works fine. But it's kind of a dime a dozen when it comes like, oh, it's the Russian mafia. Cool. Sure. What makes this world different is the second movie. And that's when you start seeing, you see a little bit of it in the first movie. We start seeing these little gold coins come out. And it's like, right. then, the, then they the, expand the world. The table, the, the, secret, the high table. The high table, the, the secret society of assassins, basically. Yep. It's, and you have a blood oath, which the dude cashes in, which I'm not going to get into the plot of the second one. You start to learn more about the world in number two. And it's it's fun to watch it expand. But like, Yeah, it's very much the Empire Strikes Back in terms of the first movie, A New Hope. You, you bear witness to the Force. You get a little bit of understanding about it. And then in Empire, they're really expanding, going like, okay... You know what the force is. Now we're gonna explain all the rules and and the the mythology and the history thereof, and like 
how exactly everything is interconnected. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. And then, so they're expanding it in two. And in three, it's like, you know the rules. We, we've seen the stakes from the end of number two. Spoiler alert. They're, they introduced the Continental. The Continental is a hotel. It's in the first one as well. But it's like, it's kind of like the sacred place. Yeah. And it's like, you cannot... It's con- like holy ground. You cannot hand. conduct business on on Continental grounds. Well, John Wick, after all that, the guy that he needs to kill, who sold him out, goes he and... Hides he, at the Continental. He hides at the Continental. He has some comment about like, ooh, I heard they have French chefs here. And I heard a man could live here for several years at a time and never eat the same meal twice. And he's pretty much saying, John Wick, like, I'm not leaving this place until I get. I know I get safe passage. And I'm not, re- like... Um, taking off the contract on you. So John Wick just fucking pulls a gun and shoots him right then and there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, dude, you're excommunicado. Like, we, you, in one hour, like, I'm doing you a favor. Right. Here's you, your head start. You're, you're right. Yeah. Right. No service guy, can the, be rendered the to The head you. guy of the Continental is basically like, you are no longer a member. You got to leave. You have, you forfeit all rights. Yeah. Anyone that offers you services in one hour is officially on the shit list, too. And that's how two ends. And three goes, okay, you know the world. He's a man with nothing. Go play. What damage can a man with nothing left except his own life, who is the most skilled at his craft in the world, do? So go play. I can't wait. And I can't wait to see this. Three is so is fucking so good. In terms of like, yes, the first one, in terms of it being a complete movie, is better. In terms of just raw action, like go play, it is fucking like one of the best action movies I've ever seen. Yeah. And that's why I'm I'm fine with them doing as long as they keep making these movies to the quality they have. Sure. I'm gonna kill like still watch them. Like one, the gunplay was something I'd never seen before. Two, they improved upon it. Three, they're like, oh, he can kill anybody with anything ever. <laughs> they're like, we're gonna put John Wick, and this is a true scene from the movie, on a black horse. First off, he kills like eight dudes with the horse alone. Like, just making them kick people. It's fucking brilliant. Really? Yeah, oh, it's brilliant. Dude, it's fucking incredible. It's awesome. Yeah, and then they're like, we're going to put him on. Horse the- murder. I love it. Yeah, he kicks the dude dead in his chest. Blah! Like, dude flies back through the barn. Great. I love it. It's fucking brilliant. That's great. They're like. Also, why is there a barn of horses in the middle of LA? Who knows? It doesn't matter. And then he jumps on said horse and he rides off and like motorcycle ninjas chase him. And he fucking kills all of them with a pistol and a horse. And they have motorcycles and machine guns and swords and it doesn't fucking matter. And it's just like, it, it's fucking incredible. It becomes a Jackie Chan movie after that. Sweet. And so, now that the world's set up, yes, like Halle Berry jumps in at number three and she's training. About Halsey Bell's parents? Halle Berry. And talk about the training that, that, she, that she did as well on the gun range. is mm-hmm. also very, very impressive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the training she did with these two big-ass German shepherds... <laughs> Is big ass two big ass German shepherds is incredible. Like they said, the trainer at, by the end said by the end of the the shoot, the two dogs would only listen to Halle Berry. Really? Like yeah, it was like she really took that shit and ran. I mean, with it. to be fair, if Halle Berry was feeding me treats and stuff, I would I probably would listen to every word she right, said. I'd be a grown dude being like, "Yep, whatever yep. you say, Miss yep. Berry." I definitely keep her name out my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um. Nice. Um. But yeah, so. As long as they keep making these movies to the same quality, like now that the world is set up and it's just it's a giant playground, like please keep making them. Um, so yeah, I watch one and two. As you can tell, you are very passionate about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am down to watch three with you whenever. I will watch them. Whenever Let's go, you dude. Want. Let's do it. Can we do that before it's Pat? We'll see. I, <laughs> uh, yeah, I did say I, when I went back and listened to the other podcast. I do say that we're watching Pat February second. 
Oh, good. That's the day we're watching it. Yeah. Okay, I thought that was the day we were, we were going to release it. No, no. I, oh, good. Thank maybe, God. maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Look, you might have just walked yourself into it. Shit. I told you it's inevitability. Um, you uh, inevitable. Thank you for those who also paid attention to the Facebook post about it's Pat. All the feedback there really made me laugh. So I really appreciate that, y'all. Uh, keep keep coming at Dudley Bros Podcast on Facebook. But um, yeah, man. So I I brought all that up because I want to ask you a, a very real question. We'll take a break here and we'll get back to it. But I think the John Wick trilogy is sneaking into my favorite action films of all time. Really? Yeah, I, okay. I, I really do. After watching one and two, it made me remember three a certain way. And I just said some of the things I said. Like, he fights, he kills like eight dudes with a horse. Like, they were like, oh, let's put him in a knife shop. Yes. <laughs> what a setting for this type of movie. An antique knife shop. Yeah, let's do that. He killed, but again, that's perfect setting. Like, yeah, why wouldn't you? It's brilliant. And so, with that being said, I think it's sneaking into some of my favorite action films of all time. So, I want to ask you, when we get back from break, um, what are some of your favorite action films of all time? If you can give me five... Does that sound about right? A I couple honorable mentions, yeah, maybe? As long as you can give me another five, I think we can work that I out. I think we can do that. Um, we are going to take a break uh, from our sponsor, Board Games. Board when games. we get back, yeah, Board Games. Man. All right, sounds good. And we are back from our sponsor, Board Games. Board Games. Is your power out? That's why you bought them. That's exactly right. <laughs> oh, man. Um, some good board games out there. Big Risk fan over here. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Scooby-Doo Murder Mystery Jump Off, a.k.a. The Betrayal in the House on Haunted Hill. That's a good one, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, I, I'd love a good game of Parcheesi. <laughs> yeah. Never played Stratego in my life. Probably would like it. <laughs> Anyways, um, cool. Uh, board game jokes, Jesus Christ. Uh <laughs> We are scraping yeah, the bottom. Scraping of the barrel the barrel. We got to get for, some more sponsors. For some better sponsors. Yeah, these are very real sponsors too. I have a uh, uh, yeah. So, anyways, real real checks being cashed from big game piece. <laughs> anyways, Michael, you're joking about big sandwich that one time. I still laugh about or getting us getting a check from big sandwich. That's right. Yeah, that Do you have two pieces of bread? <laughs> yeah, you have a sandwich. You have a sandwich. The object to your left is now a it's sandwich. Now a sandwich. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> Real money, though. Real sponsors. Anyways, I digress. Uh, we left you off from our sponsor, Board Games, and I was asking about some of your favorite um, action movies of all time, given the the segue that we had from the Johnny Wicks trilogy. As you can see, I got super worked up about it. I was you did. Very you did. You did. That conversation went on off mic, and I was raising really good points, but <laughs> B-side. B-side tracks. Um, Behind the scenes. Yeah. So I think I just wanted to clarify when we were talking about this. I think it's easy for us to go online and for us to go like, what are the best action movies of oh, all no. time? I don't want to do that because then no. you you have to put certain shit in there. And is it like I want to know your favorite? Like, what are some of your favorite? Action I movies? I do have a list, and I'll tell you, my criteria is not necessarily the best action movies of all time. My criteria is if you mention this movie, I I want to watch it right now. Yeah, yeah. Like if you if you mentioned you know whatever like oh my god why are we not watching that right this second Jaws is a big one for me Clerks is a big one for me right but to specifically restrict it to action movies okay so, uh, I came up with a list of my top five I, th- I think you might be able to come up with something similar yeah I got I got um, five and some honorable mentions I think okay yeah we decided to omit comic book movies because it would probably just be 
all comic book movies, I think. Yeah. Or yeah. We tried to limit them. How about that? We, right, we tried to right, limit right, them. Right, 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 right. Because right. otherwise it'd be like Iron Man's fucking really high on my list. Avengers, yeah, Infinity yeah, War, Infinity Endgame. Shit, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It would just... Okay. It would just it d- be dominated by all the Marvel yeah. movies because yeah. we're shills for that, even yep, though we're not much. getting paid. Pretty much. Not yet, at least. I mean, I'm still hoping out. Yeah, hey, look, it's going to have... we got to hey, clean Kevin, up our... Kevin Feige, call me. Call Let's me. What's up. Yeah, we got big ideas. Like, <laughs> Such big ideas. <laughs> big ideas. I don't even care if you sponsor me. Just hear my ideas. They'll be like, what's your big idea? We'll be like, Doc- Dr. Doom. We'll be like, yeah, we know. <laughs> Dark Hawk. Put him in the movie. Um, <laughs> Nova's pretty cool. Like, yeah, we know. <laughs> Are you just going to name characters? Yeah. Like, Squirrel Girl. That's, that's Squirrel pretty, cool, pretty cool, right? Yeah. Anyways, um, tangent once again. Doggy style. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Okay, so... What was your I'll, criteria, though? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, my criteria, again, it's, it's action movies to where if you mention this movie, I'm going to be like, fuck yes, let's watch right. this movie right now. Um, I got a couple of honorable mentions. Let's throw those out there first. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to start with those. So, my first one is... 36 Chambers of Shaolin. Oh, Enter the 36 Yeah. Yeah, with Gordon Liu. And and I only mention this because, once again, if I was to strictly choose all of my favorite action movies, it would probably be all Shaw Brothers films. I mean, you bring in 36 Chambers, you bring in uh, Return to 36 Chambers, you bring in... Uh, the Tang vs Shaolin, Tang vs Shaolin, armor, the, fucking the, eight diagram pole fighter. The I, I've watched Legend the of the what is it? The the crab trap. Um, oh, you're talking about uh, uh, Shogun Assassin and Shogun Lone Assassin, Wolf and Cub. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, that yeah, shit, yeah. man. Yeah, no, that's that's that gangster so, shit right there. So it would probably be all yeah. Shogun Shaw Assassin. Brothers films. Yeah, Shogun yeah. Assassin is a fucking um, great movie. So Actually, I mean, that's not on my list, but that's officially an honorable mention. <laughs> So yeah, so I mentioned Thirty Six Chambers just because uh, it's a great action movie. It's it's a man. It's it's basically Iron Man. It's a man going through trials, trying to learn to become better. And every single trial he goes through, he learns and evolves to the next level to eventually become the master of his own destiny. But also, there's some really good martial arts effects Fuck in there. Um, it's it's basically uh, what's the main actor? Gordon um, Liu. Gordon Liu, yeah, Gordon Liu, just experimenting with nunchucks and tripods and bolo, Indian burns, Indian burns. <laughs> That's a half baked reference. I'm gonna stop telling y'all where they are. Just send the bingo card. <laughs> just start mentioning. Oh, half baked. Yeah, oh, half baked. Right, even on the bingo card, I'm gonna stop mentioning it for y'all. Um, but yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's basically just one big montage after another of him learning weapons, and becoming awesome. But I love that shit. It's great. And and all the special effects and the, the slow motion and the sound effects of the like... Oh, yeah, dude. The... <laughs> yep. Some dude just with a microphone doing ADR. Yeah, exactly. That's why I like bad ADR so much. Me it too. stems from Me my too. absolute fanaticism of kung fu movies. Tell you a quick story. Okay. Quick, rest in peace, Troy Davis. But um, my Aunt Larray moved out to a little town. TD? Troy Davis. Yes, sir. Rest in peace. Raise your glass if you got one. Um, moved out to a little town in Florida called Lloyd. And out there, you didn't get network cable. You got satellite. And so when Larray first got satellite, it comes with this like robust package of things that you might want. But it's all on a sample basis. You get a lot of shit for free. And then you kind of like, oh, I want this. We got something called Kung Fu Action Network. And let <laughs> me tell you, dope. I remember the phone call that Troy made. It was like, what are you doing? I was like, 
So I'm doing whatever for school. When you get done, I'm coming to get you. I said, why? He's like, Mind you, you're like, what, I'm 16, like 14, 17? Okay, no, I'm yeah. like 14. He's like, we got something here at the house. It's called Kung Fu Action Network. And they also had an anime channel. And, I had, and you were like, fresh TD, up. I love all the words in that sentence. Oh, yeah, and they had an anime <laughs> channel. And I was putting, he, would, he had been in the clink, you know, so I was giving him, putting him on some anime and stuff like that, some other things he liked. But I was hitting him with a bunch of Kung Fu movies. Um, and so he reciprocated the favor. So there was about a month period. I consumed about every fucking seventies. I, I don't. It's like James Bond movies; they all run together. But like, I watched a fucking lot of them. Right. So, right. Yeah. Right. So no, I'm I'm right there with you on that. With End of the Thirty Six Chambers, um, one on mine is is very similar. Uh, Five Deadly Venoms. Oh, another Shaw shit. Brothers classic. Yeah, that yeah. shit, man. Come yeah. on now, Five yeah. Deadly Venoms. If you haven't seen it, just do it. Just go yourself and Google it real quick. Go watch. Yeah, it. Yeah, it's basically uh, uh, there's there's. A league of assassins that all base themselves off of the uh, the five deadly the, 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 the five deadliest animals on the planet. There's viper. There's frog. It's snake, frog, centipede, scorpion, fuck, scorpion, and fuck, and fuck. Yeah, no, I can't remember the other one. <laughs> uh, shit, I should know that. Seal. Yeah, no, fuck. Platypus. Yeah, platypus. Okay, in the platypus style. Fuck, I'm really embarrassed. I couldn't just <laughs> rattle those off the top of my head. We can cut all this out. No, no, right. keep it going. But um, yeah, I'm like, it's my favorite action movie. Right there. <laughs> Centipede, frog, snake, five deadly venoms. Salamander. Yeah, there it is. There Salamander. Salamander. That's Thank it. You. I remember Thank now. You. Yeah, Salamander. Yeah, because he snuck. Yeah, fuck, I couldn't remember that. <laughs> I'm just glad I came up with that before you did. Yeah, no. Thank you. I, I drew a straight blank there. But yeah, my love of all those movies, like Invincible Armor. Uh, Eight Diagram, Pole Fighter, all that right, shit. It's right. synonymous with fucking action movies to me. So, good pull on that one. I'll throw Five Deadly Venoms off my list as well for honorable mentions. Um, a lot of mine are going to be Kung Fu flicks because of this. Mine Just too. My, the the next one is is also a Kung Fu flick for me, but like in the same vein. Uh, Ip Man, the original Donnie Yen movie. Yeah, Donnie Yen's that dude. Uh, I mean, basically, it's... For those not in the know, it's the it's the story of the man who trained Bruce Lee and how he came up in the martial arts world and and uh, basically earned his his credentials. But it's such fast paced action, and the fighting style is so different than. Anything that had come before it in terms of like like the 70s, you have the, the very dramatic, very like kabuki theater, like slow motion kicks and the wah, yeah, but and this is very much grounded in like almost speed and efficiency and and it's not big dramatic movements, it's it's the most efficient way to put somebody down. Like there's a scene where Donnie Yen literally just flips somebody over his shoulder and then just punches him in the face about, I don't know, 40 times, 13 times in a row before the guy can even respond. And it's all based on speed and agility and, and very much like the teachings of Bruce Lee in terms of the Jeet Kune Do, like response and, and fluidity over rigidity kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Efficiency over uh, flash, but right, yeah, right, no, right, yeah, very well put. Efficiency over flash, yeah, yeah. No, he's, yeah, it's fun. I mean, it man's the shit. The entire, I guess there's like four or five of them now, God, and they've remade yeah. it a bunch of times too. Right, but, but the first one with Donnie Yen is is pretty yeah. solid movie. Shout out to also, I, I'm not sure exactly what Jet Li movie it was. I think Black Mask is the one that really, which is a weird poll, but uh, 
that wire food that he did, I was a big fan of that, man. They obviously sure. adopted it. It fucking like helped spawn the Matrix. And um, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, but uh, Wu Ping Yun. Yeah, yeah, cor- yeah. Oh, he right. like choreographed everything. Yeah, like, he did the Matrix, Matrix Kill Bill. Right. Fucking anything he does is also up there on the list. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine with it, man. I would say um, for me, a couple honorable mentions I'll just throw out there. The first introduction I had to Jackie Chan was not Drunken Master. I went back and I'm a huge Jackie Chan fan. Ooh, uh, put a pin in that. I know, right? Um, but no, Rumble in the Bronx is an honorable mention. That's for a great me. one. If that movie's on, really any Jackie Chan movie that's on. Sure, but sure. Rumble in the Bronx to me is like fucking when they're fighting in the arcade and they're throwing the bottles at him and he punches them. <laughs> what? That's my shit. Um, so yeah, Rumble in the Bronx is pretty high on my list um, in terms of honorable mentions. What about you? Give me a couple more. Uh, the last honorable mention I have is is a little bit. It, it's definitely not in the kung fu genre. Um, Mad Max Fury Road. Oh fuck! That yeah. movie is so frenetic yeah. and so chaotic and just such an action oriented. Like literally from the opening scene <laughs> until the closing credits, it is just go 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 go. Adrenaline fueled, just. The, the, the sheer amount of moving parts in that movie, and I mean that literally, yeah, the, yeah. between the actors and the momentum and the, the movements, the the gears working in the cars, literally the amount of sheer moving parts in that movie is phenomenal. Like yeah. It blows my mind that it took George Miller to redo his own movie and be like, I'm going to one-up you guys. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and he does it masterfully. Yeah. And for there's not a lot of perfect movies. It's that's one of those perfect movies. Like I mean, it's perfect in sense of as long as you're not going to be too bogged down in the history and the chronology of the movie, and just accept it for what it is no. in terms of like here's the plot, here's the basic storyline. Go. Here's the sandbox, the literal sandbox that we're going to play in. Yeah. You know? No, that's. Yeah, no qualms there. I'm surprised that's not... Uh, you must have a hell of a top five if I, that's an honorable mention. I think so. But th- that again, that's one of those to where I would watch that movie right now if if, if, yeah, if anybody yeah. wanted it. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw out two together just because you, you got to give a shout out to one of the greatest action directors of all time. The Incomparable. If you're, you're also on the What You've Been Watching Hall of Fame. Motherfucking John Woo. You got to bring up some Johnny Woos in this There you thing. go. There you um, go. Hard boiled. I might have one or two in there. Hard boiled, I'll say, as one of my mission. Hard boiled. Okay. Mission Apollo or the Killer is also that shit. Chow Yun Fat, big shout out to you. Um, oh wow, the, I have not the seen that movie shit. about. Wow, <laughs> the killer's the you shit. You just blew my mind. Yeah, yeah dude. with Chow Yun Fat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, led yeah. into Hard Boiled. Um, but yeah, that and he also directed Mission Impossible Two, which is the by far the greatest of the Mission Impossible movies. <laughs> just trust me on that. Go back and watch My Two. Is the shit directed by John Woo. Just John Woo doing Mission Impossible. What yeah, you yeah, want? yeah, I agree. I agree. And there's one that is really pivotal uh, to me in terms of it's not. I'm not going to give a shout out to the whole movie. I don't know if I can call it an action movie because it's a lot of drama. But when the action takes flight, fucking Heat. Holy uh, shit, man! Yeah, the yeah. high scenes and Heat, especially when they like rob the bank in broad daylight, and they're like, "We don't want you. We we don't want your money. We're here for the bank's money. Your money's insured." And they have the shootout in broad daylight while yeah, they move yeah, tactically yeah, yeah. through the streets. But even, that shit changed action movies for me, bro. Like, but, 
I okay. I wouldn't say that that's necessarily an action movie. I to no, me that, that, scene. That, that that scene is action movie. Yeah. But to me, that's more of a drama movie. But even that being said, the scene between Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, where they're at the diner yep. and they're basically talking about we're both flip sides of the same coin. Yeah. You just decided on this side, and I decided on this side. But we're essentially the same person. Even that scene is filled with so much tension yep. and so much gravitas that that's a fucking Al Pacino and Robert it, De Niro. I, I mean, like, and during the it's just two people talking in a diner. But I could totally see either one of those guys whipping out a gun and escalating it at any point. Any moment, yep. You know, like like the tension is that thick. Yeah. No, like I said, I wouldn't consider that an action movie. But, I, but the I, action in that is pretty solid. When there's action on yeah, screen, Michael yeah, yeah, Mann yeah. fucking knows his way around a camera. And, yeah, uh, he, Valley Kilmer's as well as in it. Val so, Kills! Yeah, oh. so, again, that just, there is no, like, The Dark Knight or anything like that, in my opinion, if it wasn't for Heat. Like, mm-hmm. that, that changed the landscape of, like, holy fuck, like, this is what's I, I possible. I agree, I so. agree. You don't get to The Dark Knight, you don't get to the, heat, yeah. the Robert Pattinson Batman without Heat. You don't get to. I think that was even. Was that pre Usual Suspects? I uh, maybe think, about the same. Maybe time. about the same time, but yeah, it's yeah. He that. But yeah, like, like that that type of genre just led like to hell and high else. water. It's yeah, like you can yeah. see that the Joker. Yeah, the, the influence of Heat is everywhere. Yeah, like so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had. I just want to give a shout out to that. It's no, just, for sure. Not the sure, whole movie, sure. but fucking. Again, I don't necessarily consider that an action movie, but it's not too I, far away. You could make a strong case. Like even the scene when they when they rob the uh, the the armored car in the beginning, and he's yeah. like, "What's up, slick?" Like that shit. You can just tell like this is a tactical group of men that knows exactly. Like they're in and out when they blow the lid on the on the back of it. They don't just pilfer a bunch of shit. They're looking for a very specific thing. Right. They take that. Oh, also another movie that wouldn't exist without Heat. The town. There's no the there town without, which right. is a fucking great go. action right. movie. Right. 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 Also, shout out to Jeremy Renner. Yeah, big shout out to Jeremy Renner. Yeah, Oscar nominated role. But like, there's no the town without Heat. Just being real. So, um, had to give a shout out to the Heat. Um, not the Heat, but Heat. So, without further ado, also shout out to the Heat. The Heat. It's a good movie, man. Melissa <laughs> McCarthy, Sandoval. Fucking pretty funny movie. Um, what are your? F- Those were all just honorable mentions. I know it kind of just sounded like us just rattling off shit we like because that's what it was. Yeah, kind of. And then we're going to continue to do so, but now we have an official list. You can do no more searching. These are five of mine and Michael's most favoritist action films. Without further ado, you go ahead and hit them, brother. Okay, so number five for me is going to be just a pure adrenaline ride from beginning to end. And it's short, it's sweet, it's direct, it's to the point. It doesn't waste its time on plot. It doesn't waste its time on characterization other than what it needs to do to build the story. It's just straight up action. And you mentioned the raid earlier, and this is a direct ripoff of that. I'm talking about the Dread movie. Ooh. Carl Urban. Yeah. And uh, what's her name? Uh, from Game of Thrones. Uh, uh, I don't know. I've never Lena, seen it. Lena... Lena... Lena Headey? Headley. Headley, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's Headley. Yeah, I don't know. I've never seen an episode of Game of Thrones, but I know you're talking about, though. Um, yeah, no, fuck, that's a great movie, man. Yeah, yeah, just straight-up action. It's a lot of... Uh, it, it, it's very much style over substance, but it does the style very, very well. 
No, I agree. It's fucking the way he's changed. Like, he talks into his gun and he's like, flight mode. And it'll fucking shoot vertically. Or he's like, you know, fucking napalm. Inferno mode. Inferno. And it fucking melts people. No, that's a great movie. I mean, it's essentially, it's Carl Urban and his assistant. I can't think of her name, but... Yeah. uh, Judge something. Judge something, rather. Fighting their way up a, a... it's basically like a like a subsidiary housing kind of thing, or or uh, what's it, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it, it's like the ghetto, like yeah, but it's, but it's, it's, it's a slum. Built, it, yeah, it's it's a slum, but built into like a forty story tower. Yeah, Mega City One. Mega City One, yeah. right? And so it's basically him fighting his way from ground floor to the top floor in order to fight the top boss. It's very video game oriented. Very, it's straightforward. Uh, it's like like you said. It, it is a video game. It's yeah. there's mini bosses and sub bosses on the way up, but yeah. I actually you spoiled one of mine because I hadn't mentioned it yet, but mm-hmm. you, I think you knew I was going to because I talk about this movie fucking incessantly, and it is very much so the same thing. Uh, you mentioned earlier about Mad Max mm-hmm. and why Mad Max works is if you look at the plot just simply of Mad Max Fury Road, it's people drive out of a city, get somewhere. Realize they need to drive back to the city. Right. That's the plot. Right. And the accident. Going from point A to point B. And then back, back to, to point, point A. a. And that's what the plot is ultimately. And it's simple, but the way they execute it, it the script is brilliant. The script sure, is simple, sure. but the script is brilliant. Right. right. Same thing with Dread. And I think it, it goes, I was going to save it for a little later, but fuck it, went in Rome. The Raid Redemption. Oh, did I? I yeah. thought you mentioned that already. No, not yet. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> no, you spoil it. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Um, no, the raid. You good, man? You knew where I was going. I talk about the movie all the time. Um, as somebody, as as I mentioned earlier, who was a giant connoisseur of kung fu flicks growing up, with a very healthy appetite, and um, somebody who really indulged, the raid has some of the best fight sequences For I sure. have ever seen in my life. For sure. For sure. And it is fucking brilliant. And it's like you said, the plot line is simple. There's a couple twists and turns along the way, but. For the most part, it's straightforward. There is a drug boss who's sitting on the, I think, the thirteenth floor. Yeah. Of a of a of a slum again, apartment. Of yeah. a slum apartment. This team of, of of the SWAT team comes in, and they're like, "We have to get to the top. We have to do it without alerting anyone." So at first, like they kind of creep through the levels. They go up to about level five, six, and then of course, and of course, they they have to shoot a kid in the process because he's running to go sound an alarm, and that sets the whole house off. And their their presence is known. And they have to go to the top floor to get this drug lord out. But in the process of doing that, since they alarmed everyone, this drug lord jumps on the loudspeaker and is like, free rent for anybody that brings me a fucking cop. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh shit. So now the entire apartment building is barreling down guns and all upon this SWAT team as they must work. Th- it's game of death. For, or um, Yeah, game of death like a Bruce Lee film. Ultimately, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Pretty he's much he's, he's got to climb the climb tower. The tower yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's game of death ultimately, but in fucking... Yeah, here's Bolo, here's Kareem yeah. Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, yeah, same shit. And it's fucking brilliant. If you have not seen it, whoever the choreographer is, I forget his name. I know it's Iwo. I'm going to butcher his last name. But he was... Um, Jima? No. <laughs> um, but no, these... That was more racist than I meant it to be. Yeah, I'm you're sorry. <laughs> no, nah, you're good. I mean, I was going somewhere. Um, but it, they do the best two versus one fights I've ever seen, where it's two people taking on mm-hmm. one opponent. It is so badass, and there's there's just Google real quick the hallway fight scene, the raid. Yeah, oh yeah, it is. Oh, you yeah. will be oh, yeah. fucking dumbfounded. Yeah, it, yeah. It does do a little bit of the like everyone waits their turn to fight, 
because that's the only way you can kind of it translates into a film. Otherwise, it's just eight dudes circling around one person punching, or twenty dudes, yeah, or yeah. just some some sharp ass sniper from across the way, yeah. being like, "Blow, problem solved." Right. <laughs> so there is a little bit of that. People waiting their turn to attack, but like they they undo that by having the protagonist attack that person instead. It's not he's waiting. He's like he dives back into the fight, and it's it's fucking incredible. Like yeah. just Google the raid hallway fight scene, and you will not be disappointed. And and watch it. One of the things I appreciate appreciate about that movie is they don't do the typical action movie thing where the hero goes through all these fights, and then every fight he's constantly working at like peak power level no like, like it's almost like like john mcclain in die hard or something yeah. like that where like the further he goes up the tower the more beat up and haggard he gets and so like he'll get stabbed in the side and then you'll see him for the rest of the movie like putting his hand on his yep. side and limping up the stairs or like he'll get his knee taken out and so now he can't kick with that leg the right way and so right. like it's a constant like they're constantly bringing back all these old injuries that he's sustained to emphasize just how fucked this guy is he he slowly is stripping off all of his SWAT armor because it's mm-hmm. getting heavier and heavier and it's like fuck like I need to be able to move and so it's slowly but surely all of it comes off like he takes the first round of dudes with it all on and whatever. Right, then like, he takes off his helmet yeah, and, then and it's, it's his belt then it's his, it's his, his body armor right. and then his knee and it's just like, but yeah, the Raid Redemption is by far, in my personal opinion, one of, not just my favorite, one of the greatest action movies that has ever graced the silver cool. screen. So please check it out. Fucking brilliant. Uh, what's, what's else, man? We got a, you got one down, I got one down. Uh, so, speaking of climbing the tower and, and like finding game a way of death. up. Yeah, yeah, like Game of Death. <laughs> Uh, the Protector, Tony Jaw. Oh, yeah. Where he goes to find his lost elephant. Yep. Who may have been sold to a, was it, a, an, a, an exotic cuisine restaurant. Yep, yep. Um, but, again, there's a scene where he's literally climbing his way up the balcony of the restaurant and just taking on people left and right. Again, it, it suffers from the same thing of people waiting their turn. But also they have this great scene to where he goes into a restaurant and fights people and is throwing people out of the windows, like almost in a very like 1950s Western style. Yeah, yeah, like a bar fight. Back yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like you hear what's happening in the background, but everything's happening behind closed doors and you don't actually see it. And then all of a sudden, randomly, it's just like, bah! some dude out of a window or some dude like going, th- being thrown through the lattice work of a fence or something like that. Um but yeah, Tony Jaw fighting his way, but also incorporating stunts in that very dramatic oh, yeah. uh, Jackie Chan style. There's a scene where he literally flips up a glass window as an ATV is chasing him. The ATV crashes through the glass window, and Tony Jaw flips and catches this dude in the chest with both knees. And rides him down to the cement. Yep. I yeah, mean, in one take too, man. In one t- and and no not no wire work, no no uh, uh, green screens. Like this man actually does what he does. Yeah. Uh, there's a scene where he is flipping between uh, uh, razor wire and 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 jumping like. They have this whole street chase scene where he's jumping over hot walks filled with oil and 
running through, you know, they, they have the, the bit where there's two guys carrying barbed wire on a pole and he just dives through it. I think you're mixing that scene in Ong Bak. But there is a similar scene in The Protector. But also, it is pretty Ong Bak. Yeah, <laughs> Ong Bak would be on my list, which is a... I don't know what it was, how I heard wind of Ong Bak, but I remember watching it at our local AMC theaters years ago, and I remember telling everyone that would possibly listen... It's great. To like, go fucking watch that movie. And that put me on Tony Jaw. And The Protector was his, his next one that came out, and I was locked in. I was like... Yeah. I mean, Ong Bak opens up with a competition of people scrambling up a tree to retrieve... What is it? A golden golden head or something, something like, like that? Something like that. Some artifact. Something. It's... it's 10 to 12 people scrambling up this this bonsai tree or whatever yeah. and just kicking each other off. But you actually see people taking tumbles and hitting branches. Yeah, and hitting the dirt. Pow! All the way down. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Both of those movies really stand up just in terms of Tony Jaw is dedicated to his craft. And, He's an insane and, athlete, you can tell. And the dude and, was discovered running track and field and doing long jump. And then some guy, uh, one of the the choreographer, found him and was like, "I'm going to develop a style of cinema fighting for you." And oh, like, really? And then, yeah. And then he took the time, and I'm fucking getting a nerdy. I get really into fucking special features. Shut and shit. up, nerd. I know, but like he didn't know he was somewhat trained in martial arts, but he really only knew like hands and fists. So he learned Muay Thai. He was already doing boxing and learned Muay Thai legitimately. Legitimately, like this dude looks great doing Muay Thai. No, he's he's insane at it, and um. But the thing is, is like he didn't know weapons work, and so he dedicated. Like if you watch Ong Bak one between two and three, the weapons work in which he does between mm-hmm. swords, knives, stabs, stuff like that, just elevates. So Tony Jaw is a legitimate fucking athlete. Like all the long jumps and stuff you see him do, the man does it. So the protector I mean, again, it, it, it's him living on the legacy of of Jackie Chan in terms of. Oh no! I'm actually going to do the stunts that you're going to see in the movie. Like it's not going to be camera work or wire work or or trick photography. I'm going to literally run and jump on a line of motorcycles coming down me coming coming down an alley at me, and I'm just going to walk on their heads. Yep. Real deal shit. The Protector. Check it out. Starring the great Tony Jaw. Um. And Tony Jaw set the bar very, very high for everyone else who followed. Um, I will, to keep it in in the, uh, I guess, I'll, I'll just give you one for free first. We mentioned uh, Yo Wing Pung or Yo One Ping or whatever you say his name, uh-huh. the choreographer. Yes, The Matrix is on my list. Of course. Let's just be real. I'm not, there's a whole podcast about it. You can go back and listen to it. I recommend it. Uh, it's a little long winded, but, you know, the great rehashery. But I'll say this. <laughs> I do believe this as well. I think even we joked about earlier, like, or not joke, we were being serious about, like, we don't just want to name the greatest action movies of all time. We want to name our favorites. Mm-hmm. I think The Raid is is one that kind of crosses over of critically. You can say, like, yeah, it probably is. I think Mad Max Fury Road probably is too. But, like, any critic in the world, if you're just talking about action movies, you got to give it to The Matrix. Like, it is oh, one of, of those important action films of all time. I mean, it, it redefined the sci-fi action genre. I mean, literally. Yeah. There's, 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 it's, it's become one of those touchstones to where if you're doing a pitch, you're like, it's like the Matrix but yeah. meets like Love Actually. Right, right. <laughs> Interesting movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the Matrix. It, it changed action movies, fucking forever. For uh, sure. It just did. Uh, so that being said, I'll, I'll 
that is of course on my list I'd be lying if, if that movie is on The Matrix like fuck I gotta watch it sure so, sure. really any of them but hey we'll cross those bridges later well in the same vein my next one is also one we've talked about but and this this should be higher on my list because it won Academy Award for the greatest movie ever yeah Highlander yeah the Highlander Fucking. I mean Christopher Lambert doing sword play I mean, you get uh, Clancy Brown as the as the Kirk. He's just the Kirkin. You just, don't have to say he's not an actor anymore. He's just <laughs> Sean. Con- yeah, Sean Connery being Egyptian slash Spaniard with a slash Scottish. Accent. Yeah, what is this haggis you speak of? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> revolting. Yeah, revolting. Yeah, they do nothing about his accent. But yeah, yeah, like I I love watching that movie and and see, anytime you get sore play meets immortality meets. An awesome soundtrack. Meets overacting. Meets overact Like, I'm down. The- meets sparks. So many sparks. Take a drink every time there's sparks in that movie. You're fucking wasted. You will die. Yep. You will go a to rehab. A healthy gulp, too. <laughs> don't uh, puss out. Yeah, don't puss out, bro. Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah, damn. There's a lot of Kung Fu on this one. But yes, The Matrix and The Highlander. We'll spare you all those. Just go watch them if you haven't already. Right. We've discussed them ad, ad nauseum. nauseum. Right. Uh, so another one I think is underrated, and I'm going to spend a little bit of time on it, is Kung Fu Hustle. Stephen Chow. Oh, yeah. That is one of my favorite action movies ever. And not just for the Kung Fu. It's very stylized, but it's so cartoony. But sure. it, it's supposed to be. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It is literally... I it's mean, Looney Tunes meets Shaw Brothers. I, I think that is how it's described on the back of the DVD box. I think a critic said it's I, Looney Tunes meets Kill Bill. Not quite as much Kill Bill, but the movie's brilliant. It is sure. it is classic like Shaw Brothers in the sense of like everyone in like those old school um like eight diagram pole fighter or one of those things, everyone had a gimmick. It was like, right. oh, and I'm fast I'm the fastest hands in the West. He's like, Oh, I kick stronger than anybody. Right. Everyone I have had my like magic a, bracelets, I have my yeah, yeah. my and, superior staff, I have my sword play, I have yeah. my whatever. Yeah, yeah, and so everyone had a thing, you know. It was like their gimmick. There was like their superpower of all these legends of people uh, in like classic Shaw Brothers and stuff. And Kung Fu Hustle does that. Like there's the eight diagram pole fighter who went to this school. There's uh, like the the musicians who come. They're blind, but they Which can is kill a you. Great yeah. scene. Yeah, they can kill you with um, uh, playing their they're their playing their harp guitar or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. harp. Yeah, their mandolin, whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. Um, and so it takes all the classic things, like the classic tropes about kung fu movies, and does it through a a Mary Melody's lens. And like what comes out on the other end is one of the most unique movies For sure. I've ever seen in my For sure. life. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's, it's fucking brilliant. It, it's it's it, it's almost in terms of we were talking earlier about Dewey Cox is such a great send up. It it it's a mockumentary. It's it it's sardonic and sarcastic and and almost a a satire of of every musical biopic you've ever seen same thing with kung yeah. fu hustle is it, it it just combines all of the different aspects that you love about every classic kung fu movie turns it on its head makes fun of it but it's still respectful and still really well done. It has so much reverence for yeah. this, like the source yeah. material that, yeah. like, yeah, it's a it's a send up of those things. But like, like I said, it it you can tell that Stephen Chow, the writer director, is a fan of this shit. Sure, like he openly talks about his love of Jackie Chan. He's like, dude, fucking that guy's everything. Oh, there's you know? like, there's direct like 
images in the movie that are stolen from Jackie Chan movies or stolen from like oh, not only, old 1940s movies. I was about to say, even like silent films, you can sure. tell this guy is a fan of cinema. Like yeah, yeah. American, like just Hollywood, classic Hollywood stuff meets the Eastern cinema classics. Like he's he's a, a, a student of the game and I think this is his love letter. I think he really started to lock in on it when he did um, Shaolin Soccer. Yeah, Shaolin Soccer was kind of getting his feet yeah. underneath him. Yeah, yeah. And then Kung Fu Hustle is, to me, a masterpiece. I always, I always get Shaolin Soccer and Bend It Like Beckham confused. Yeah, I can see why. <laughs> I can see why. No, not at all. Yeah, it's because Keira Knightley. You know? Right. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, but no, it's I, I think... Kung Fu Hustle is a fucking masterpiece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he obviously got a lot of money from that. Stephen Chow went on to direct um, Journey to the West, mm-hmm. which is an ancient, ancient uh, Chinese fable. And it's like there, it was the highest, it had the highest debut in Chinese uh, box office history at the time. Which, again, why I know that, I don't fucking know. I really? Over like uh, yeah. Curse of the Golden Flower? or or, that, yeah. or uh, It was like a major... What was the other one? Uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Yep. Really? In terms of just Chinese box office, yeah, at, at, just Chinese box office. Yeah, it was, yeah, the highest uh, I think opening weekend ever. Okay. So it okay. was it was a big big deal. That good, was good for him. That was sprung board off of the love that he made uh, off the money and just like fandom that he had for um, Kung Fu Hustle. So wow. okay. one of my favorite action movies of all time. I see it. If you I haven't see seen it, sure. it, please do. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, what's next on your list, buddy? Let's see. After that, oh, speaking of, we were just talking about Jackie Chan, uh, Drunken Master. Ah, yes. It's what the, is the? It's the perfect blend of action and comedy. Fuck yeah! Like, I, I, I think that Jackie Chan, for all his American success with um, Rush Hour and. Um, and Rush Hour 2. And Rush Hour 2 and Rush Hour 3. three. Um, I, I think that he really hit his stride with Drunken Master in terms of it's the perfect blend of classic Chinese 1970s cinema leading into 90s comedy leading into the 2000s blend thereof. Like it, It's very avant-garde for its time. And I think that it's... It may have been the thing that directly set American martial arts movies on their path. Agreed. In terms of just like, oh, all we got to do is just mix awesome martial arts, some comedy, a little bit of like Laurel and Hardy bits, and we're good. Oh, yeah. I fully, fully, fully agree. Like, it is the perfect... I mean, he he fucking choreographed the thing, and he had a little bit of help, but like... Probably a lot of help, but um, it's it's the perfect blend. Like when you think of Jackie Chan, it's the slapstick that he embraces so much, mixed with just incredible stunt work and feats that only he can do that he's yeah. not afraid to do. And like just even if he never was the star of something, if his work was only as a stunt man, he'd be one of the greatest to ever do it. But thank For God sure. we've been. I said it before on the podcast. I personally think Jackie Chan is. Uh, granted, I wasn't alive for Charlie Chaplin. I wasn't alive for a lot of the other people. In my lifetime, is the the greatest or one of the greatest entertainers I have ever seen. Of just being sheer entertained by what is going on on screen and around you. His attitude about things. He has got to be one of the greatest entertainers of all time. In my personal opinion. I, I would wholeheartedly back you up so. on that. I think that in terms of 
all-around entertainment. He can thrill you. He can excite you. He can make you laugh. He can make you cry. He's just... He's a great entertainer and really, really underrated in his time. I mean, like, the, the man perfectly blended action and comedy and drama and stunt work and and made this literally set his own genre of movie. Absolutely. Like, the the oh, reason Tom Cruise does what he does right now is because of Jackie Chan. The reason Tony Jaw does what he does is because of Jackie, Jackie Chan. Chan. Uh, I mean, he's in fucking... He's in... Uh, 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 fuck, what's the Bruce Lee movie? Way of the Dragon. Way of the Dragon, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. one of the... Or Enter the Dragon, fuck, yeah. He's in... I don't know why that... I was... Well, Wait, we're talking about the last dragon. I'll, well, I'll tell you in a minute why why that was on my brain. But he's in Enter the Dragon. Like he's fucking. He's been around doing this forever, and he's been giving you hit after hit. And literally, dr- yeah, yeah, literally and figuratively. Um, he Drunken Master to me is the, one of the pinnacles of his success. Like it is perfect for him. So much so that they just they did a sequel. They sequelize it, but it's like a sequel in terms of like Desperado is a sequel, quote unquote, to, to El Mariachi, Mariachi. right? It's kind of a remake, kind of a rehashing. That Drunken Master Two was released in '94, but we didn't even get it till the states at the at one of the height of Jackie Chan fandom until the year 2000. Yeah, yeah. So like that's how good Drunken Master is. They were like, take another bite at the apple. First one came out in 1978. They revisited in '94, wow. and then they released that movie six years later in 2000. Wait a minute. So from '78, the original Drunken Master. Yep. To ninety four was yeah was Drunken Master two what we call it in America's legend Which, of legend of the Drunken Master, Drunken yeah. Master. Okay. in two thousand they waited another wow. six years wow 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 that's how fucking good those that premise of that movie is so how do you know this shit weird dude man <laughs> I, I actually googled that one but during the podcast I was trying to do it quickly but Michael we, we paused briefly just behind the scenes but Michael paused he was like. I knew what I was talking about, but I didn't want to spout the wrong information. And I was like, <laughs> I needed to know if that was a remake or if it was a sequel, but it's kind of the same thing. So, whatever. But yeah. I don't know. I, I know weird shit about weird shit. I just had to lock down the actual dates. I appreciate it. Right on. Right on. Told you, man. This is my shit. Kung Fu movies, man. Right. So, so you that's thought I was my... play pimping about these Kung Fu movies. <laughs> you thought I was play pimping. Play pimping. The reason I I'm, I'm, should have my card revoked, the, the next movie, and I agree with you, another Kung Fu flick, agree with you 100% about Jackie Chan and Drunken Master, um, Return of the Dragon. And not Enter the Dragon, but Return of the Dragon is one of my favorite fucking, we've talked about it on the podcast, so I'll spare you all a little uh-huh. bit, but it's Bruce Lee versus Chuck Norris, and the movie itself is just, <laughs> to me, is fucking hilarious, and the action is dope. And it's Bruce Lee versus Chuck Norris. And they fight in the Roman Coliseum at the end. <laughs> Literally in the in Roman, Roman Coliseum. Coliseum. Literally. They, they're they such warriors. And we've, I've made this joke on the podcast before, but they allow each other time to stretch. That's how you know how serious they are. That in the movie, the characters look at each other and are like, I respect you as a champion. I respect you as a champion. One of us is not leaving here alive. Right, right. So I'm going to allow you five minutes to stretch and warm up. And they do. Yeah, Chuck Norris is out just throwing sidekicks and kicks like and high kicks and Bruce Lee is somehow Bruce cracking Lee every is... bone in his body by <laughs> just flexing. flexing and because he's the dragon, man. Yeah, which I've, I always yeah. thought was the funniest sound effect ever. And uh, the meowing of the cat is what sets it off. Yep. It's got the great soundtrack. The boop, boop, boo, doo, doo, boo, doo, doo. Now, I love that movie. Fucking great movie. I love that movie not... Sp- also because of the action, 
but also because you and I have had one of the greatest uh, interactions watching that movie where we talked about how Chuck Norris had to invent his own chest hair curler yeah. in order to perm his chest hair. No, he does. He, there's, I'll, I'll tell you the scene Michael's talking about. There's a scene in the movie where Chuck Norris is hired to go force Bruce Lee and this family out of He's the, hired as the assassin, basically. Pretty much the dude to bully this family out of a, a, a restaurant, whatever. Whatever. So Chuck Norris comes overseas, and this dude talks shit because they all got defeated by Bruce Lee, who somehow got roped into protecting his family. Whatever. And this, this dude says something about like along the lines of, like, and what's the American going to do? Or something, talk shit to Chuck Norris right, and gives right. him a look. What's his plan? Yeah, what's his plan? Oh, you, yeah, I'll fight you right now. And one of Chuck Norris's assistants kind of jumps up and like he's Mr. Get Bad all of a sudden. <laughs> and Chuck Norris has this fly ass 70s fucking extra wide lapel with his I'm fucking. I'm talking lapels that go like bow, shoulder to like, shoulder. Son. Shoulder to shoulder. And this shit is like <laughs> pressed clean as fuck, belt tucked into a straight belt. Pure polyester. It's fucking bowl haircut with a mullet. Like. <laughs> And you see the chest there wrinkling up out of it. It's fly as fuck. He's got the gold got, medallion. He does, and, and he's got the shades on. And his buddy that's talking shit, Chuck Norris just has this look of like, he stops him. He reaches his arm out and stops his buddy from like, I'll handle this. And he's just like, he has this look. And this is the joke that Michael and I always do is like, do you see this fucking chest hair? <laughs> you think I came all this way? And this shit wasn't premeditated, how fucking clean I look. You and you all- have the audacity to ask me what the fuck. I'm, hold up. I got to fuck you up in my clean ass suit. And I'm not even going to wrinkle this motherfucker while I do it. So hang do on Do you a see how pressed and perm my chest hair is? Do you think this shit is coincidence? You think this, this just happens naturally? No, no, no. Mm. I had to invent my own chest curler. To make sure that I stepped out fly as fuck Do off this you know airplane. How many avocados I had to squeeze the oil out of with my <laughs> own bare hands to lather this shit up for? And you got and you I flew all the way across the fucking ocean for hold up. Look at these snake skin Look boots. at these motherfucking boots. Do you though. think that these were made custom? No. I killed these snakes myself. I put my foot in their ass yeah, and they became boots. Became a boot. Now we would always just joke like Hold up! Look at these motherfucking boots, real quick. Hold up! Look at these motherfucking fly diamond polyester white suit, diamond studded fucking not a mustard hater, stain on it. Hater blocker shades I got. You think I eat fast food in this Fuck suit? No. no. Fuck no. I eat only the finest sushis known to man. So yeah, return of the that was long fucking yeah. But no, Anyways. that look that he gives that dude is like you see the hold up motherfucker. So point of the movie is Chuck Norris is flying this. Yeah, movie. it's fly as fuck. <laughs> and he respects Bruce Lee as a warrior, and so they stretch and they fight, and it's fucking brilliant. And the soundtrack's great, and uh, yeah, fucking. And one of my favorite memories of that movie is I sat down and watched it in its entirety like three times because when a DVD hit on Tuesday or if I found it, I was like, what? And me and my cousin had nothing better to do, so we would just consume that shit like rabid fans. Right. And, and we found ourselves laughing so hard at it that I showed Michael the movie like a day or two later, a week later, but I didn't let him watch all the non-action scenes or the scenes that, that <laughs> I didn't personally find funny. So I just put it on fast forward at two times speed and was like, yeah, yeah, this is what's going on here. This motherfucker says this and then this. And then Bruce is like, what motherfucker? So we got like a, watched a 90 minute movie in about... <laughs> 26 60, minutes. 60, 70 minutes, maybe. <laughs> it was like, so I just gave him what he all he needed to know. And that was his first encounter with it. And I'm not saying I'm, I don't consider myself to be a comedian, but it was Michael and the Godfather Caleb. 
And for whatever reason, we had all just had enough drinks that I was just killing it that night in, in the narration. <laughs> I, I don't want to try to like reenact it because I'll fail. But I was just on point crushing it. And like, it was like, oh, you up. think you hot? You ain't slick shit. Yeah. Come on, let me fight you. Yeah. And he busts his head in. And this motherfucker's, and guess what he does? He busts his head in. I'm not even going to stop the movie now because you already know what's happening. You're even fast forwarding through the fight sequences being like, no, no, don't worry about it. We're going to get bust some this cool dude's shit. Head in. Oh. We're going to get some cool shit. Don't yeah. worry about it. I'll tell you all the parts you need to know. <laughs> so that was Michael's first interaction with that movie. And uh, it's always a dear memory in my heart of like. It was. That yeah. was. So. Um, that was better than the time you didn't describe the Matrix to me. Yeah, I remember not doing that. Which <laughs> so I can disprove something I didn't do. It's like fighting a ghost. Jesus, how do you win? Um, just make sure people are there to see you win. <laughs> Don't cross the streams. Right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we got one more each. Uh, and then we'll give you a recap. Um, so yeah, what's your final one that you got there, brother? I mean, we've already talked about John Woo and yes. how brilliant a director he is. Oh, I think I know where you're going. And so, of course, I'm going to bring in my favorite actor of all time, Nick Cage. And of course, talking where, about where does this meet in the in the cross section of, of of this Venn diagram? We're talking about Face Off. Face Off, of course, sir. Which is a ridiculous premise for a movie, but it's brilliant. That movie is fucking dope. I will watch that movie twenty four fucking seven. I love that movie unabashedly. That movie is great. Nick Cage in pretending to be John Travolta, pretending to be Nick Cage, and then you switch it, and I get I get it from all angles. Like, this movie is fucking brilliant. Yeah, the technology that exists to switch faces and voices is just ridiculous. It doesn't matter. It doesn't it matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it's... None of that matters. Don't pay attention to the science. It's not Jurassic Park. No, okay? at all. They're not going to explain <laughs> this to where it makes sense, okay? All you got to understand is we can switch faces. We're moving on. I love that's a very funny description of the fact of the premise of this movie is more difficult to to comprehend and believe than Jurassic Park. That is fucking funny right there. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you're like Jurassic Park is easier. The science of Jurassic Park is easier to explain than that of Face Off. Oh, that's great. That really makes my day to say that. Anyway, no, John Woo, man, fucking yeah. Nick he's Cage, got the John doves. Walter. He's got the slow motion. He's got a face off on a boat. It's both of them looking in the mirrors, being like, you know, you're so sexy, but also, fuck it, we should die. We should, yeah. And then they switch faces back. Like everything's gonna go back to normal <laughs> at the end. Face waterfalls. He just touching his, oh, man. touching this kid's face. Like, I love you. You remind me of my son. This kid's like, what the fuck. Yeah, like wait, what is, this is my new family now. Yeah, fuck this, fuck this. Yeah, it's that's a wild movie. I love that movie. In terms of action, though, like you think the action is is just speaks to you somehow. It's not that the action is so on point. It's not like Kung Fu Hustle or Ong Bak or something like that, to where the action is so on point. But the way they build up the action, it's almost like WWE. Like, it, that's a great like, way. Like it's almost. They put so much hype on the fight that it doesn't matter what happens in the fight. I'm just so hyped to see it fucking happen. No, I'm with you. I think at one point, if I recall correctly, a boat crashes through like a second story of a warehouse. Yes. Which is just like, fucking how? And then the boat doesn't explode. No, either. But the entire second story of the warehouse explodes. Explode. Yeah, it's wild. And it's like, how did that just happen? Welcome to John Woo. Yeah, it hits like this tiny <laughs> ramp and it just soars. 
And instead of it just crashing into like the first story like it should no. and slide, it just no. still somehow just you know, any idea how fast you would have to be fucking going on that boat. But that's just one scene of just over the top nonsense. So that I'm movie's great. I, I'm with it. Like, I in terms of just over the top ridiculousness, I mean Maybe that and Con Air might be side by side, yeah, but but there's ridiculous. a certain point where I just love the, the 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 aspect of John Travolta trying to do his Nick Cage and failing, and Nick Cage just being like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna do Nick I'm Cage." Still be Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great way to put it. He's like, "I'm not gonna try to be John Travolta." I forget. I forgot long ago who was. I'm, we're just sticking with me. <laughs> I read the script. The script, the script reads me. I don't read the script. So I was reading the script and I was thinking, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Check that bingo box. It's your last warning. Um, I don't know if you did that intentionally or not, but you set me up, sir, uh, in a wonderful segue. So I really appreciate that. I mean, we never talk about this off no. mic. So. This actually was an accident. <laughs> uh, I think. I don't know. Maybe it's premeditated. You'll never know. Uh you mentioned a Jerry Bruckheimer production. Uh-huh. And you think I might be going to Armageddon? You think I might be going to some Bad Boys 1 or 2? Are you saying you don't want to close your eyes? Nope. Don't want to fall don't, asleep? Don't want to miss a thing. But also Bad Boys for Life? Bad Boy, yeah. No, I gotta say, he produced one of my favorite movies of all time. And it's kind of an adventure movie, but I'm going to call it an action-adventure movie. And You're uh, talking about Transformers Dark Side of the Moon? Yes, Transformers Dark of the Moon. Yes. <laughs> That specific one, not one, two. Yeah, I don't know which one that is actually. Might, I don't might either. Be They're all the same. Um, no, I'm talking about Pirates of the Caribbean or the Caribbean. Yeah. Um, Everybody take a shot of rum. Right yeah, now. please do, please do for me. That's my drink of choice back in the day. <laughs> so yeah, gulp that shit down. Um, but no, man, that is a movie that if it's on, I just have to fucking watch it. Like I love the first Pirates of the Caribbean. I for sure. If it's on, like. I'm a, such a mark for those movies that I only need about four things to happen. I need betrayal yep. to happen. or I, First off, what I need is I need a magic artifact. Set, set <laughs> right. me on a magic artifact. Right. I need somebody to go after said artifact. And at some point, they're going to cross paths with Jack Sparrow, who is the second point I need. Right. And I need him to make a very funny entrance, which he's sure. done in every movie. And the first one, it was him sailing on the, the little dingy as it's sunk into the, the ground. The second movie is him shooting his way out of the coffin and paddling to the island. Right. Um, the third one is you just see a zoom up of his nose and he's sniffing a ship, which is like kind of a weird way to do it. I don't remember. Oh, the fourth one was him. Uh, I don't remember all of them, but it's him in a, a stagecoach or whatever and he busts out of it. So I need Jack Sparrow you know, to make a you know funny... You just described the entrance to every Indiana Jones movie, by the way. I know, I know. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Like, I need a soundtrack, I need an artifact, I need yeah. Indiana Jones, I need a guy in a hat. Pretty much. I mean, <laughs> or action-adventure. I mean, yeah. undoubtedly, Indiana Jones laid the groundwork for this. And, for sure, for sure. I, oh, yeah. But of my love of the two, Pirates takes its hold. But, so I need, like I said, I need Jack Sparrow to make a funny entrance. I need a betrayal... And I need Jack Sparrow to make a daring escape at some point while the theme song goes bum 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 That's it. I don't give a fuck what happens other than that. If you right. give me those four things, yeah. I will continue to watch these fucking movies. Right. Here's the benchmarks I need to yeah, see. Check those boxes and I'm fine. Like I, I don't care. Let's see. Fast and the Furious, I need fast cars, hot chicks, yeah. family. 
daring escape. In a, or a, a daring heist. Yeah, yeah. And a rad... Uh, 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 vehicle, rad vehicle jump. Like, yeah, what are we? What are we jumping today? Oh, right. we're going into space. Let's cool, fucking let's do, do it. it. Yeah. So, uh, the first Pirates of the Caribbean, though, I just if it's on, I just watch it, man. I, I almost didn't consider it because it's more of an adventure movie, but they call them action slash adventure movies. It is an action movie for sure. I, if that movie's on, I just watch it. I, I fucking can't help myself, and I've seen yeah. it a million times, but I I'll watch it probably a million more. So. Yeah, it's got to be on my list. I have too much of an appreciation for that movie. So I spent a lot of summers doing that. So of the Pirates movie, which one would you recommend the most? Like I know one kind of sets the tone, but is there one that you would put over the others? Um, I mean, really, I think you answered it already. I think one is pretty good. I think one is... They're, they're stretching the taffy at that point with other things that most people don't care about like okay. most people are like i don't care about the stakes of of uh of this character like i don't really care about the stakes of will turner or um kira knightley in that um uh, elizabeth, elizabeth yeah elizabeth yeah, yeah. so i drew a blank there but um i don't care about their stakes. i just want to see more jack sparrow doing pirate shit and yeah. betraying people and being silly and over the top and running around drunk while he makes no sense of the plot line like they could literally turn that into a limited series where it's just every episode jack sparrow gets into a new adventure and it could be like 44 minutes of what is jack sparrow getting involved in this week and i would watch it all right a quick backstory real quick as well and this is fan speculation but i think it was in the script and it got taken out for length and also to they wanted to never really kind of like rick and morty how you don't really know rick's backstory Mm mm-hmm This is what it is, though. So, ultimately what it was is the Pearl, the Black Pearl, went down to the bottom of the sea because he broke a deal with Davy Jones. And so, whatever, whatever. So, or it was was the Pearl. And the Pearl was taken away by Davy Jones because he struck a deal. Okay, here's the deal, though. And this is why Jack Sparrow became a pirate. Uh Uh-oh. The East India Trading Company told Jack Sparrow to transport cargo for him. That was illegal. He said, okay. He found out that it was slaves. And so he ended up not doing it. And what happened is, is he didn't do that. So he was excommunicated. Uh, I'm sorry, he struck a deal with Davy Jones to escape uh, the East India Trading Company to say, there were 100 men on board, is what happened. He said, you free these 100 men. So he he was transporting slaves and just decided, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Struck a deal with with Davy Jones and... So in exchange for a hundred lives, that's why he has a hundred years of service in uh, debt to to Davy Jones. Uh, he said, "You owe me a hundred souls." Now is this like fan theory, or is this, this is like apparently was in the script but got taken out because they didn't want to reveal his backstory? Okay, okay. And okay. so when he got caught by the East India Trading Company, they branded him a pirate. Right. And that's why he has the 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 the, the P on the him. P, yeah, the branded right. P on him. Not it's, not P like Donald Trump P, but like yeah yeah <laughs> right <laughs> right, but actual brand of the letter P. Um, for the Sesame Street fans. Like <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's the backstory apparently. So that's why he was branded by, and they mention it very quickly in the third movie. Uh, there's a couple lines of sure. dialogue that hint at it about like, I didn't know what the cargo was and that was the trade and that's why he's talking to, to Beckett about it saying like, hey, you betrayed us, you're a pirate under under these rules. Right, okay. And so right, that's right, why, right, right. That, I never knew what it was. I, yeah, I wouldn't have taken the deal. And right. So when they sunk the Black Pearl, is what it was. The East India Trading Company. He had struck a deal with with Davy Jones to resurrect it as the Black Pearl, and so hence he's like, you. So it was the pearl he resurrected as, as the, the Black, Black Pearl. pearl. And hence, okay. 
it's like I'm kind of skewing the timeline here a little bit, but it's like hence why he is indebted. No, this is this is like the the episode zero like yeah. backstory of Jack, of Jack Sparrow. Sparrow. Yeah, and so when the East India Trading Company sunk his ship for freeing his slaves, he's like, all right, well, you owe me you. Fucking! I, I resurrected your ship back. Right. You, you owe, owe me a hundred years. A hundred years. A hundred souls. So boom. Guess what? And so, hence, so that's what sets so, off the whole yeah, like, why, sequence of events. Yeah, and so that's why Jack Sparrow doesn't really give a fuck. He's like he's a pirate under, like he's always a pirate through and through. And that's why they're always like, the whole joke is like you're the worst pirate I've ever heard of. They mean that literally. He's but the you, worst pirate. But you have heard of him. Yeah. He he did not follow through on his pirating of his goods, which he was you know whatever. So he's like, but you have heard of me. Wow. So, anyways, yeah. that's why I'm really into a lot of these movies. So, um, yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean, man, it's my shit. So, uh, that being said, I'll give you a quick recap. My top five: The Matrix, The Raid Redemption, um, Return of the Dragon, Kung Fu Hustle, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, my top five: The Carl Urban Dread. Yes, sir. Uh, the Protector. Yes, sir. Highlander because it's the greatest movie ever made. Factually. Uh, Legend of the Drunken Master, also Drunken Master. Depending on which yeah. one you want to watch, it's, it's one of the same. Just and, Jackie Chan, <laughs> yeah, just Jackie, just any Jackie Chan movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Face Off because John Woo meets uh, Nicolas Cage meets John Travolta meets gloriousness. These two hours of your time and money, <laughs> so, but it's great. No, it is, man. Um, well, cool. So yeah, that was a long segue after just talking about John Wick creeping into my <laughs> top action movies. I was very curious what yours were, so. Um, Went a little longer than we expected, but... Nah, we're good. We're good, my brother. So, uh, on that note, uh, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, doggy style? That's right. Michael has a half-empty bottle of Cavassier. That means Seems like we've reached the end of our yes, conversation. Sir. So, uh, this is Leon Phelps signing off. Yes, sir. Uh, I would say on that note to go watch a movie. And talk about it with somebody that you love. Pam 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 pam